fell out of my face with, you know, enthusiasm there. Welcome to Star Wars Collector's Archive Podcast. It's the Vintage Pod, a monthly audio magazine dedicated to vintage Star Wars toys and memorabilia. Hosted by Sky Payne, Fudd, and Stephen B. Danley. Market data mined by Brisbane Brisbane Mike and Fantastic Pete. With tech support by The Low Art. Mysteries abound in this month's Vintage Pod, where Lando takes center stage and Sky and Steve reinvest in the quality and energy of their show. We welcome Brock and the elusive Lobart to the space chess table, where we talk about Baron Calrissian collectibles, star tots, fake fets, and call Micro-Rob Amantea to learn about fake four-ups by the basement bounty hunters. We introduce the new feature, the Sky Coup, set up some poll questions, and all of our usual stuff on the Kivecast Vintage Pod. Wampa Wampa! Welcome to the Vintage... Vintage... Well, there we go. Trying to address the... <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we're trying to adjust the energy here uh, for this episode, <laughs> and uh, and Steve, I'm not even going to go back and be recorded, because... I think uh, I just know, uh, yeah, fell out of my face with, you know, enthusiasm there. So, so what is the show called, Steve? The Vintage Pod. This is number 39. Yeah, number 39. <laughs> I, I have to tell you, I was, like, uh, setting it up, and I was doing my notes, and I forgot which number, and I put 33. Um, nice. So that's what I thought we were at, so I'm, I'm happy to see we're six months past that. And yeah, so this is for what? April 2013. That's right. And, and uh, it may be that you can hear somebody you didn't hear last month. Who's that, Steve? That'd be you, Sky. Okay, yeah. yeah. Will you fix the, the audio conundrum? Well, that's the hope. You know, I, All I know right now is that I am speaking, and I'm hoping that while you are mowing your lawn or putting on moss control stuff. Um, that's what I've been doing, Steve. <laughs> By the way, never buy a house. It's way too much work. I, I uh, think uh, I won't have to worry about that for a while, but I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so in the event that you're putting down moss control or you're mowing the lawn, hopefully you can still hear the sound of my voice. Uh, hopefully you will not hear a lot of this. That was unpleasant. See, you don't know that, Steve. You didn't hear anything, but the audience just heard this excruciating pterodactyl attack on their ears. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we're going to try and fix that. Um, you know, Steve, we we got this this response in uh, in in the Rebel Scum forums, um, and you know it's from a, a faithful listener, uh, Darth uh, Skeletron. Uh, interesting mixture of '80s references there. Yeah, and it's the most sort of in, like incisive critique, and we've been critiqued before, um, but this is definitely the one that hit the most home. Right. So I, I wanted to kind of maybe read it and have us address it because I go by the governmental philosophy, which is if one person writes a letter, that means a hundred people feel the same way. All right. So so he starts off saying that he misses the old intro with the commercial snippets. Right. Uh, well, I don't know if we're actually going to bring those back. It's hard to tell. I think maybe what we'll do is we'll do a poll later um, in the future about whether or not how it should be the old, like the long beginning or the short beginning. Cause I had people emailing me saying, Oh, it's too long. And I hate having to skip it. Right. Um, and then uh, Steve, do you want to read the next part? Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, also a personal thought, particularly on the last few episodes, um, probably going to come under fire for some regulars. I don't think the show flows as, as it used to for the back. There was a lot more interaction and camaraderie between the, the two of you, which made the show more appealing Whereas now, apart from the bumpers at each end, it's a bit like spending two hours straight rereading posts on the forum. Oh, 
Oh. Oh. Uh, Mortal Combo. Mortal Combo. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, no I, I see what he's saying. And, yeah. Uh, and I think, I mean, a lot of it too, um, to tell you the truth, Steve, you know, we've talked about it a little bit. It's been a hard couple of years, actually, for me. Yeah. Uh, ever since moving to Rochester, my, my personal life has been uh, not particularly awesome. So it's it's been a little bit tricky for me uh, trying to sort of be Mr. Mr. Magnet Man. Um, yeah. I don't know what that means. I don't know who Mr. Magnet Man is. <laughs> I guess I mean Mr. Magnetic Personality. Okay. All right. Um, but the thing is, I love doing this show. And doing this show, I look forward to it every month. So... Um, Let's let's get to the next part here. Where he says, "Don't get me wrong. I appreciate the effort you put in, but I'm just not finding it as engaging as it used to be. Almost seems as if you're going through the motions at time. I know there's always references to being tiredness or it being late. Maybe keep episodes shorter. Don't start recording so late, or simply don't feel obligated to do it monthly." Anyways, he then goes on to say that he will, uh, you know, that it's awkward or maybe not appreciated. But but Steve, I, it is appreciated. And oh, absolutely, think- yeah. And I think we should talk about how we're going to address these problems. Because I kind of felt this, you know, not every episode when I'm editing it feels like a hit, you know? Yeah. Like, I'll listen to it and I'll be like, ah, that didn't really work out. Or, you know, oh, I could have done a better job with the interview. Um, the good news is I always guarantee you'll get at least what you pay for. That's <laughs> the, the number one guarantee from the Kivecast Vintage Pod. But, but we like to, like to give you more. Um, first of all, Steve, what time is it on the East Coast right now? Nine o'clock p.m. That's right. So it's a full hour earlier. So this should give me a little bit more pep. Um, also, I have decided to go dry for recording these podcasts, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, normally, in order to get in the right mind frame, you know, like we kind of loose and free, it doesn't hurt to have a, a Genesee light uh, brewed here in Rochester. But what would happen is I'd sort of have the beer and then sort of halfway through, I, I'm like a super lightweight because I don't I hardly ever drink. So I get kind of like groggy or whatever. Yeah. Um, so what I'm doing now is instead I'm drinking uh, my my favorite drink in the world, which is polar seltzer water, um, made in Worcester, Mass. All right. Uh, and then right next to it, I'm having some Builder's tea. Ah. That, that, that's a heads up for our, our members in the UK. I actually bought this exact packet of tea back in 2009 in uh, in Scotland. Nice. So anyways, I'm drinking some old Scottish tea, and this will hopefully kind of keep me pepped up as opposed to brought down. All right. Um, and also, Steve, how often are we going to talk about being tired? Never. Never. That's one of the one <laughs> rules of like, you know, I teach, I teach a class, you know, I'm a French teacher, and the one thing I never allow my students to say is I'm tired, because that's the number one thing they all learn how to say, you should be fatigue. I, I just, I, <laughs> I don't allow that, because it, it brings down the class. And here I am breaking the number one rule. Um, also, Steve, you know, I work Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and I always work in a suit. So I'm usually recording in a suit. <laughs> but Classic. no more. No more, Steve. I, I'm playing it loose, and I'm playing it cool, and I'm using nice. my uh, recently bought Chewbacca bathrobe with the hood. Oh, man. I was going to say maybe some like some sweats or something, but I think bathrobe takes the relaxation to the ultimate level there. Absolutely. I mean, if they made yep. a chewy Snuggie, I, I'd be in that right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yes, I, I'll include a picture that I took earlier of me in it. So you can picture me recording this, uh, gesticulating wildly in front of the uh, table hockey set. <laughs> um, and uh, let's see, what else? Well, also, Steve, we are not going to take his advice. We will always do it monthly. Yeah, and, we, we got to keep it going. Yeah, we got to keep month monthly. And the reason why that is, even if every month is not a hit. 
Um, what happens with podcasting is like there, you have the initial rush of it and it's really super and it's really fun. And then after a certain point of time, you realize, you know, you're not, you're not getting more money or any money in this case. You're not necessarily getting more attention. It's taking more time. Your life gets filled up and you sort of, it's a thing called pod fading. And, and it tends to happen to people if they say, well, you know, let's instead of go week to week, let's go month to month. You right. know? Um, and actually one of my favorite podcasts of all time, Steve, uh, I don't think I've ever talked to anyone about this, but I used to love the TV show Lost. Okay. And there was like, I don't know, 20 podcasts about Lost. Oh, but wow. there, But there's this one called Make Your Own Kind of Music with Scott and Steve. And it was, it was short. They called it Miyakam with Sass. <laughs> and, and I don't know why. I just I like their, their interplay, and I like the way they talked, and I like the their insights. And uh, they just pod faded. They did one episode, and then every other episode, and then... Uh, a season wrap up, and then they they were just gone. So oh no! We are not going to uh, mock them with sass on you guys. Oh no! We're going all the way through Yak Face and and even to to Kia Mall, and uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. And uh, one more thing, Steve. What do you think? Uh, let's see. I guess we should get some more space chess, right? Yep, that, that's, that's, uh, that's what I meant by the one more thing. So what that means is we're going to be doing more interviews with more people, more voices. Um, it, it only makes it harder because it's harder to like uh, set up the um, – you know, to edit it together. Yeah, and, the logistics and the coordination is – I can definitely see it being tough on you. And I, I feel bad because there's nothing I can really do on that end. No, but it, it makes it for, for a better show. And so later in the episode – We'll be talking to Brock and a very special guest who needs his own musical intro. Yes. Uh, and then another thing, Steve. Uh, and one second. You know, I'm actually going to I'm going to adjust the mic and then I'm going to edit that out so you don't hear the pterodactyl sound. There we go. Now it's right at my. Uh, wait, is that better or worse? One second. Spike. Yeah. And one more thing, Steve. I- I'm going to like uh, take another sip of my builder's tea, and and just sort of say, you know, it really is a lot about the camaraderie. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, we don't get to talk that much outside of this, uh, partly because I'm, I'm a terrible communicator and, <laughs> and partly because we have to save all of our friendship on air. Um, and and it, it really is true, you know. Like, yeah, we, no, we, it we, is. We get along and like to talk to each other. And as much as I love all the drops that I come up with and as much as I love the format of the show, um, sometimes I feel like we rush to the news. Yeah. And uh, one of my favorite podcasts, actually, uh, it's a hockey podcast. It's called Marek vs. Wyshynski. It's good if you like hockey. And they do this thing of where they start the show and they just talk. And then like 20 minutes in, the guy goes, let's start the show proper, shall we? And, and then the music comes in. Yeah. And it, it makes it kind of exciting. It makes it interesting. And uh, I mean, it's a daily show, but I really like that idea. So let's not rush to the news drop, Steve. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on board with that. Let's sip from our cuppa. <laughs> so, um, I think what that means is, you know, we'll spend a little bit more time with our movie thoughts. Steve, I think we're going to hear more of your movie thoughts. Um, you know, a little bit more of the flip the script. I'm right. also going to be introducing a new idea, Steve. Have I told okay. you about this yet? Not yet. I'm creating sky coos. Okay, I saw that word, and I had a feeling that's what you meant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, we'll, Gusta, thanks for clarifying. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to what the sky coups are. All right. Um, so anyways, let's, uh, let's, let's get to the, the movie thoughts. Okay. And Steve, let's flip the script on ourselves. What is Steve's movie thought about our character of the month, who is Lando? Who is Steve, by the way? We skipped like eight characters. Did you know that? Yeah, I did realize <laughs> that. 
But I figured since we already made that leap, we could just right. kind of go with it, and then we can backtrack when we need to. But right. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it turns out we missed Leia, uh, Bespin, and FX Seven, and uh, Hoth Trooper, and the Rebel Soldier. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll get to those guys. We'll get back on track before we we go to the the Asian security guard. That's right. But, but what is your commentary on Lando Calrissian? All right. Well, when I'm thinking about Lando, I, I, I think most of us were introduced to a lot of life's issues through Star Wars and, you know, human traits. And you, you kind of learn about people. At least I did when I was watching these movies. And uh, when it came to Lando, you know, he calls Han a double-crossing, no-good swindler. But I realized that Lando was really the first one of those that I'd ever encountered in my life. I'm like, what, what do I think of, about this person as a kid? And... uh I guess it wasn't until I watched Jedi. I'm like, okay, he, he's all right. I, I can I can trust Lando, sort of. Right. But, uh, but you know, it's it's just one of those things where I, I start to kind of think about it collecting wise, and I've never had trouble with, with any such characters. But uh, there's definitely been you know some out there that people have had to deal with. And I just thought it was kind of a, a funny wordplay that Lando's the one calling him that when it's really that's what Lando's all about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's. See, I I think I saw Jedi first. It okay. must have been because I've never been. I never thought anything but positive feelings about Lando. <laughs> um, but it could be that my middle name is Landell, and that's ah. very close to Lando. And you know, my name first name is Sky, like Skywalker. Um, well, that's awesome, Steve. I've had a, a couple thoughts. The first one was, I, I have a theory. Maybe this is in your script thing that Lando was initially supposed to be Armenian. <laughs> right, because really? well, I mean, I A N at the end of a name, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, is, yeah, is an weird. indicator of being Armenian. That's not like racist. That's like you know, almost. I I don't know if it's you know. I think we have some Armenian listeners. Maybe they can tell us. I believe it's almost all Armenians have the la- I A N at the last name, or at least did okay. at some point. Yeah. And certainly, if you see a name that ends in that, like whatever Tim Kirchin from ESPN or whatever, or Ara Kalikian, our collector friend, yeah. so. I don't know. I, I could just imagine being, um, and actually, you know, thinking a lot about Boston and, and Watertown, you know, where all this stuff happened. Right. Uh, a lot of people don't know Watertown's like the second highest population of Armenians outside of uh, Los Angeles, which people don't talk about. Um, the artist Arshail Gorky was from there. Um, oh, wow. And the co-host of this podcast used to live there. <clears throat> I see. I was wondering if he did. Yeah, yeah. It was, it's, it's been a weird week, Steve. And actually, yeah, no kidding. my brother is all over the news now. Really? Yeah, because he um, he was the art teacher of the terrorist's wife. Whoa! Yeah, so it's weird. Like, I, <laughs> my brother sent me a link to something, and he uh, actually uh, Lobart sent it to me about my other brother, uh, Amos, and uh, the same guy who listens to the show just to hear my voice. That's right. It's your your communication <laughs> link. <laughs> right, and, and it was just Good Morning America, and then I was like, and seeing his face on TV was just. Crazy! Oh, that's bizarre! Absolutely nuts. But yeah. anyway, so so that's in honor of of Watertown, and it's at least for me when I think of it, I always think of it as being this great cultural hub. Yeah. Oh, wow. um, but actually, while I'm already skating the line of potentially of offending people, um, I also think I just think Billy D. Williams is interesting, and I've thought about the, actually the first paper I ever wrote in college was about the racism of Billy D. Williams. Really. Well, this is what I was thinking, right? Okay, beyond the fact that he's the only black character and he's a he's a whatever you called him a, a double crossing no good swindler. Swindler, <laughs> right? Who is Two-Face? Mm. Right? So, who, who is Two-Face, right? Uh if you were to that's cast right, Two-Face, that's right. right? It would make sense to cast someone who's famous for being 
on either side of of the law. Right. But, you know, Two Face back in 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 uh, in the most recent Batman movies is Aaron Eckhart, right? Right. Yeah. And uh, the one before that was Tommy Lee Jones. Right. But the first one was Lando Calrissian, was Billy Dee Williams. Yeah, he was Harvey Dent. Yeah. But then the second that that becomes a role that's interesting, the second that becomes a role that requires like you know an action figure. Up, oh, sorry, it's going to be Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, that's man. You know, just because you have three names and the middle one rhymes, you know, doesn't mean that you can just replace them. <laughs> so I don't know. I always find that kind of like a weird symbol of of Hollywood's racism that he was good enough to play Harvey Dent, but not good enough to play Two Face. Play Two Face. Ah, that's interesting. And I just think you know, in the internet age, we would be all over that. But it was before yeah. the internet, so who cares? Yeah. And uh, let's let's not even get me started on <laughs> the the way people laugh at the cold forty five thing. I I, I kind of put it out there that like it's funny, but there's tinges of racism when people laugh at the cold forty five thing. You know, given the epidemic problem of uh, malt liquor in inner city, um, right? And the way that it's marketed, um, that it's like I get the joke that he's kind of a ham, but uh, there's sort of the other side of it. And I don't know if when people are laughing exactly what they're laughing at. Yeah, it's it's a tough thing to kind of pinpoint. But I don't know, Steve. I'm not I'm not really earning my uh, my reputation as a, not being a hippie very much here. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll let that one go because okay. it doesn't. It, it, it saying it works every time actually does work every time as a joke. So uh, my sensitivity <laughs> can't fix that. That's true. Ah, uh, it's it's good tea. I, I don't usually like. Uh, like caffeinated tea, but it's it's not not too bad. Yeah, I've been like fully converted to tea now. I I don't drink. Uh, well, I drink coffee every now and then, but tea more often than not. Yeah, how how did that happen? You just read an article in the newspaper? No, no, it was uh, my girlfriend. Oh, saying, you know what? Suck. You should not, drink, should not drink uh, Red Bull anymore. And I, I it's true. It's <laughs> yeah, funny. Uh, but it's good. It's it's been good. It's like that line in uh, Pulp Fiction: uh, "My girlfriend's a vegetarian," which pretty much makes me a vegetarian too. <laughs> Give him a try sometime. Me? I can't usually get them because my girlfriend's a vegetarian, which pretty much makes me a vegetarian. But I do love the taste of a good burger. Mm. Uh, and then, Steve, why don't we put our our figure thoughts before the break too? You okay. Know? Sure. Um, so, Steve, you had a pretty good figure thought about about Lando. Yeah, well, um, it, it kind of goes hand in hand with one I, I forgot last month about uh, Han Hoth. Um, I had these are the only two Empire figures I had. I think as a kid, it was Han Hoth and Lando, and uh, I would always freeze Han Hoth in a cup of ice, like, like a paper cup full of ice water, and right. eventually his head froze and popped off. So that was the end of, of Han Hoth. So that was a <laughs> kind of unintentional mutilation, and I, I felt terrible. But then years later, uh, as a Dumb teenager, I, I slipped into Sid Sid mode from Toy Story with a couple of friends from LR. I guess it was middle school at that point. But uh, I don't know why. We brought a bunch of old toys, including a couple of vintage action figures. And the only remnant I have of these that we destroyed was uh, like a severed arm of my Lando, which I still have in my Rejects collection. And that was like, it's I kept it because it reminds me how dumb I was. I'm like, oh, that's my dark side right there. I went Sid once and I always regret it. Wow! And so, Steve, can you send a picture so I can put that up on the, yeah, on the show notes? I need, I need to see if I can get a picture of it. It's actually up in Santa Barbara right now. I'll, I'll take a look. But okay, uh, I need to get you a picture of that. 
Well, Steve, uh, we haven't even hit the news yet, and I'm about to ask you if I'm going too far. But I, I'm pretty <laughs> sure there's a, there's a, I believe psychologists study this, like the point where people destroy toys, mm. that it's actually like um, the desire to pass into manhood, that like, it's not just that you're being a punk, it's like when you do it, it's like a symbolic destruction of your youth. <laughs> yeah. And, and I say this because my friend Brad and I, we did this thing once, and um, so he, when he was a kid, he was really into hair metal, okay? Mm-hmm. And so he had, you know, Winger and Slider and, I don't know, Red Hook and Whitetail. I don't know what they're all called. You know what I mean, right? Yeah. Striper, all those guys, Dokken, Def Leppard, all those groups. And he had them all as cassettes. And so I was okay. hanging out at his house, and he had a, a thing of ski poles. <laughs> and so, I mean, we just went sick, on these cassette tapes. Oh, we no. just smashed them with our ski poles and then we threw them <laughs> out his window and there was just cassette tape everywhere and broken pieces of plastic everywhere. It was like we were TPing the inside and outside of his house with oh, winger man. tapes. Oh, man. And, and I, I look back at it and I now realize I, I was helping Brad kill his childhood. <laughs> it's true. It is a symbolic act when you when you think about it that way. Yeah, so, so don't feel bad. You, you weren't being Sid. You were just being... Uh, the, the young Steve growing into manhood. Right. <laughs> Which was only like two years later that I immediately wanted it back. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, as we talk about a podcast dedicated to collecting toys, yeah. and now you are a man. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Well, you know, I think my figure thought, I don't, I'm not, not too in, in, uh, inspired. Uh, I just, I think the vinyl capes, they work okay, but really for Lando, they don't. Like, that's yeah. where... He's too smooth to have that vinyl cape. And I think yeah. he's the one figure that always looks better without his cape. Because he looks oh, yeah. like he... You know that point in the movie where he's running... Where he's just and he running around. And, and he doesn't have his cape, you know? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> The heroic facility administrator. Yep. So, yeah. All right, Steve. Well, before we, we call our, our, our guests, I, uh, I will unveil the new Sky Coos. Okay. I, I don't know if this works... Um, Again, a different podcast that I listen to, uh, CBS Fantasy Sports Baseball Today. Man, how um, do you t- have time for all these? <laughs> Steve, I literally listen to podcasts all day, every day. Like, if I, <laughs> do, if do, I you listen, not, okay, do you listen while you're teaching, though? No. <laughs> have you ever done that? Okay. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, if I'm not talking to you or my children or, like, teaching, I'm listening yeah. to a podcast. That's basically okay. my life. All right. And they sometimes do uh, haikus, and I think they're kind of funny. So I have one for Lando the character and okay. one for Lando the figure. All right. Are you ready? Yeah. All right, I'm going to put like a little uh, a little like pan flute, um, you know, sound drop here before. <clears throat> Here's for the character. Han, we must save Han. It's not my fault, Chewie. Spring, I am reborn. Because you always have to make reference to nature in a haiku. That's right. Okay. That's right. And here it is for the figure. Flower, light blue cape. Once you saw my mouth all closed. Now you see my teeth. <laughs> Wait, I think thumbs down on those. But it, it was just an attack. Hey, you know what, though? It's it's your first run. The, the sky shoes run. are going to get better. They are going to get better, and the play on words is too good. I oh. like flower, light blue cape for my, my you know, my five syllables. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Uh, we also invite any listeners to to email their uh, their hi- their haikus or their skykus, uh, thevintagepod at gmail dot com, and we also accept uh, emails to kivecast at vintage. I mean at 
gmail.com. So now that we've done uh, the least popular new feature, let's go to a more popular new feature with Steve Flips the Script. It's getting really, really hot here. Flip the Script. Flip the Script. All right, ready? Yep. Okay. All right, so going through these uh, these drafts is always fun. And uh, the first time you see Lando mentioned, at least in the, the handwritten draft, he has an interesting title. Uh, and rather than just Lando Calrissian, facility administrator or something, he was referred to as Baron Lando Calrissian. Huh. And I just immediately <laughs> thought of him as the Red Baron flying around in the Millennium <laughs> Falcon with goggles and a scarf and just... <laughs> It just made no sense to me. But, uh, I mean, All right, Baron's- Jared, you, you've got it out there. Make uh, the Red Bear and Lando Calrissian. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, it just seems so strange to me given his, his uh, character flaws. But uh, I don't know. I, I just thought that was funny. Um, Man, you're really hard on on. on I know, I know. Man. I am. He, he, he does redeem himself. I, I got to give him credit. But Yeah. I mean, it wasn't his fault. What what could he do? You know, either all of his people, either all of his people die, or he sells out his friend who stole a spaceship. Anyways, that's true. There was a checkered past there, and and you know, and his friends with you know, lady who he wouldn't mind you know seeing. You know what I mean? Like we hear that. I mean, yeah, (laughs) exactly. You gotta have sympathy for Lando. Yeah. And then you also want to talk about you meeting oh, Billy D. That's right. That's right. Okay. So at Celebration Three in Indianapolis, this is the second celebration I attended, and uh, this is the one where my mom and I had to drive across the country because our plane got landed in uh, Denver. That's another another story for another day. We we get into Indianapolis late at night. I think the convention had already gone on for one day, and we get into the elevator, and. None other than the Baron himself is just standing in there, and we kind of look at each other and look at him, and he just says, hello. <laughs> and that's about all the conversation that happened. We rode, you know, maybe four floors with Lando and then and exited and said, where are we? <laughs> wow. It was very bizarre. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, he was at the charity screening that I saw at episode three. Okay. And, you know, he was walking around and... My wife just didn't know what to say to him, you know, because he was just walking by his middle of a party, and she just right. said, "You're awesome." And I, <laughs> that, that that was all you could really say to Lando. Yeah, I have no idea what we even said. We, we may have not said anything. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Steve. What's yep. that sound? Uh oh. That's a, it's a sound we haven't heard in a long time. Many moons. I I feel the presence of. Bring out the low Barts. Bart? 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 From the windows to the back. To the back. Till the sweat drops off John Hoss's head. Till I find that 41 back. 41 back. Hello, hello. It's him! Wampa Wampa. Hallelujah, he's back. Lobart lives. Oh my goodness. All of the theories have been proven false. <laughs> yep. I'm back after the um, uh, Bent Wookiee incident of June <laughs> 2011. I'm glad you uh, took my petition and allowed me to uh, drop the ban and get Lobart back online. So I appreciate that, uh, administrators. Uh, and I know, Steve, you still harbor some issues, but we'll work through those. <laughs> it's all right. The doctor said that the, the Wookiee can be unbent. It takes a little while. It takes a splint uh, and a fair amount of painkillers. But uh, Steve Steve should be all right. Yeah, I'll be all right. 
All right, awesome. Well, you know what? I actually only brought you on here just for a second because we're also going to invite Brock on, but I wanted an excuse to bring back that awesome drop that I made that, that's just been just just smiling away and, <laughs> and missing. And it's funny because, you know, I email Bart almost every month being like, what do you think? And what's your response usually, Bart? Uh, I'll try. I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> no, it's always this. It's always no can do. Keep trying. <laughs> oh, yeah. Keep trying. Keep trying. Don't there, give there's, up. There's positivity up. there. It's a good thing. Don't give up. Um, now, have you ever – I asked you a couple months ago. Do you have any uh, new data as to our our listenership? Uh, no, I haven't checked on that. Well, good. You gave me a, a reason to use the prices Right drop. You know, that just means we'll just have to have Lobart on next month so we can't figure right. it out. And what do you think, Lobart, about the change, the name change? Honestly, how do you feel? Do you do you not like the Vintage Pod? Do you like Kivecast? What do you feel? Um, I probably am a more originalist. I would go with the Kivecast, but you know, I haven't. The Vintage Pod just sounds it sounds a little medical or something. Something weird about it. I don't know. Huh. All right. Yeah. Hey, I know what you could do, Lobart. You could put up a poll. That's true. Could you do that? Sure. All right, maybe we'll do that, Steve, because I have gotten, like, zero positive response to the name change. <laughs> zero. I've gotten a maybe from you and a no from everybody else. Um, so I like the imagery. I like the escape pod. I think that's awesome. But I don't know if it – I don't – just vintage pod doesn't really – Right. Yeah. It, it doesn't say Star Wars Collector's Archive podcast because it's the Kivecast. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Oh, we'll work fair. it out. We'll let the uh, the listeners decide. Yeah, we'll let the vocal listeners decide. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, in that case, we'll we're we're going to uh, now bring on to our merry band the man who will rock us and will roll us. Uh, let's get Brock in on this Kivecast Space Chest Roundtable. <laughs> Yeah. All right, and through the magic of technology, we are now joined by Kentucky's finest, Brock Walker. How's it going, Brock? It's going good. How about you guys? Uh, yeah, we're doing well. Uh, now you're not you. You're at Murray, right? And so you didn't win yeah. some kind of basketball tournament. No, I'm about three hours away from any kind of basketball tourney winnings. Okay, so I I I don't know if I should apologize or say congratulations. Um, and, and you get to meet Bart for the first time. So, Bart, meet Brock. Hey, hey. Hey, nice to meet you, Bart. Yeah, wampa wampa. And, you know, part of the reason that uh, we had the idea of bringing you guys on, you know, is, you know, a, a Steve has often been called, you know, Brock's friend, right? That was his nickname <laughs> for a long time, right, Steve? That's right. Brock's friend, Steve. That was for a good couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whether he wants to be or not, yes. Yeah, and uh, and you know, I obviously Bart's my brother, so you know we're really close. So we're in this episode where we're sort of trying to reclaim the fact that our show is awesome, we're, we're trying to uh, sort of bring bring some folks in the fold who may not necessarily uh, have a ton of stories you haven't heard before, but just I don't know, kind of create that sort of uh, that intimate feel. Uh, is that is that right, Bart? Are you feeling intimate? Yes, yes, but uh, I can't say that on the air here. So. <laughs> right, because you, you don't want to bend Steve's bookie again. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the figure of the month is, is Lando. Um, now, Brock, you are a sometimes Lando collector, is that correct? 
no, not really. I mean, you know, it was a figure I had interest of, you know, years past, but I can't say that I owned a single thing Lando-related other than a uh, loose production figure as of right now, but it is a figure <laughs> that I do like, if that helps. All right, well, it's been great talking to you, Brock. We'll uh, see you next month. Uh. <laughs> wrap it up, wrap it up. <laughs> See, this is going a little bit wrong. Uh, why don't you introduce our first news story, Steve? <laughs> right. So uh, I guess we could lead off with the uh, the unveiling of the rest of the Star Tots for Celebration Europe. <clears throat> yeah, I, I mean I, these are these are these are pretty pretty dang sweet. Now what I did is I sent them all to you guys in a file, right? Right. And so I'm right. just kind of curious uh, if you guys have any that sort of stand out as as your favorites. Um, Brock, do you have one that you really think uh, sort of stands out as one of the best? Actually, it's quite fitting that, you know, you asked me on this particular podcast because uh, when I first seen these a couple of weeks ago, I was uh, talking to Matthias and Jeff both on different occasions, and the Lando General is actually the one that really stood out to me for some reason. Um, along with the ROM, too, I like it quite a bit because I have somewhat of an affinity for Ewoks, but that's a whole other episode. Right. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the, the Lando itself is, you know, something about the, uh, you know, just the design of the figure itself. Oh, I, re- I really like the, the hair on it and everything, and just kind of really captures that almost a suave look that Lando's got, you know, from the best figure or whatever. And I really think this piece stands out. Uh, uh, they all really stand out, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I really think they knocked it out of the park just go around, especially, you know, choosing their quick backgrounds from the figures and the design is top notch from Matthias and Jeff, as always. Yeah, so that's, you know, Ma- Matthias Rendall, who we've spoken to many times, and thanks, I get to put his drop a few times in. And, uh, and Jeff Carell, who doesn't, doesn't have a, have a drop yet. Um, although maybe I could put like a, a Weezer drop. I know he's a big Weezer fan. Um, but it's actually funny you said that, uh, Brock, because that's probably my favorite too. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just because it has that hologram. And I, just, I was I just love about it. to say the exact same thing. I, I'm sitting here looking at him right now, and that, that hologram really, that bright rig color really offsets everything perfectly. And, you know, I, I really think, you know, the, the Lando is, you know, really up there high on the list. But I like that. I like the Ramba, too, but I've got an affinity for that character anyway, so that's probably got something to do with that as well. Now, now Brock, which one is Ramba, the, the light one or the darker one? Uh, he's the darker one. Okay, good. Yeah, I'm, I'm still I'm still getting it straight. 39 episodes in, Steve. I still don't have them straight. Your Ewoks are still kind of uh, jumbled. <laughs> they are kind of jumbled. No, no Steve, do you, do you have a favorite? I I mean, I was going to go with either the uh, Death Star Gunner or the Imperial Gunner or or Warwick. I like those two a lot. I like that the they have the Scout Walker on the the Warwick card, um, yeah, and that and I, that was a figure I had as a kid and really loved, and I I think they really pulled it off well. Yeah, that's good. And Bart, do you, do you have one that's uh, calling to you? Yeah, the hand in carbonite is really. I think with the uh, the background, how it's so dark, leading off the logos, and how it's positioned right where he would have been popping out of there, and right. it feels even more like one of the cards too, with more of a, a photo esque. Um, you know, feels like that scene to me. Right. But. Yeah, it almost looks kind of over airbrushed or something yeah some kind of yeah smooth and you know we got to make this work you know pull, cut and paste this thing in here and and uh look it just looked really good it popped for me yeah i was always i always meant to ask them if they would like actually go full vintage and make little mistakes like that kind of on purpose or have it be a little bit folded out or whatever just uh but you know obviously they're they're not going to do that well i don't know brock since you took my favorite i'd probably have to go to my second favorite which is just the the luke death star that's just 
because that's like he's so cute in there, and you see the the Death Star elements. Um, it's funny. I actually don't like the yak face. What do you guys think about that? Yeah. Is that too is that too provocative? What do you think, Brock? I personally kind of like it myself, but uh, you know I, that's partly due to the background as well because that little reuse in the background kind of you know really you know sets it off as well. Yeah, uh, see, I want to reuse. Yeah, yeah, now yeah, exactly. You know, seeing something like that makes me really want you know hope they finish out the rest of the line at some point. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I, I guess for me, I, I just maybe I just don't like the interior of Jabba's barge. I don't know. Like Venetian blinds just bum me out. You know, like <laughs> they're so dark and dusty. And one time I, I had this, uh, this this crook of a. Do you remember that part? Actually, I was out in it was out in California. I had that crook of a landlord in who Oakland. made me yeah in Oakland who made me pay for cleaning the Venetian blinds, and it cost like three hundred bucks. And I I'd only been in that place like. Five months. Five months. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, that's why I don't like Yak Face. It's you're, a good reason. <laughs> you're scarred. I'm, I'm scarred. Uh, He's a, lot a terrible of landlord. Yeah, he was a terrible landlord. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, these are all great. And I love, once again, that they went just so, such a deep cut, you know, that they went from the most obvious to the least obvious in, in one pass. And uh, Brock... Yeah, I, I mean, I, you know... I, uh, to add to that or whatever, I really, you know, I've been thinking about this for a while, you know, what could they possibly do or whatever, and I just kept leading myself to thinking that, you know, they'll probably just do, you know, foreign variations of the first 20 or something, you know, not that right. that would have been a bad idea, I think, you know, just, you know, with foreign cards or whatever, but I never would have dreamed in a million years that it was going to be the last 15, so they really took me by surprise, and I, I really think they did a bang-up job on all of this. Yeah, yeah, it really is promising for the future. Um, makes me happy that I didn't succeed in selling all my extra sets because now maybe I can trade. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just sort of forgot. I sold like four. I felt like three of them, and then I just forgot, and then I went out to the the backyard. I, oh yeah, uh, yeah. I'm I'm right there with you. I, I've sold like three or four sets, whatever, and the rest are boxed up, just waiting for trades now. So. Yep. Now, Brock, are you going out to Germany? Uh, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to make it. I had some prior commitments this summer and some other things going on that just can't fit into my schedule. I really hate I'm going to miss it, but um, I, mean, I, I tried to make it work, but it's just not going to happen. How about you? Yeah, no, I think we're all in the same boat. Yeah. Um, wow. I was really hoping to get Bart out there. Bart, any any prayer in the universe? Yeah, no. Although the... <laughs> <laughs> but don't keep, keep trying. Keep trying, keep trying. No, I mean, the uh, the lure of that and the uh, Playmobil mix is, uh, yeah. That's that's what I was yeah. thinking. Cause I've been, it's been, what, Bart, maybe 12 years? I've been trying to get you to go on a trip with me to Germany to visit the Playmobil factory in <laughs> the Playmobil been, world. Yep. Yeah, it's been a while. It looked... Uh, yeah. Because mm. you, you can go to Nuremberg, you know, where you can visit Albert Dürer's house. And, you know, of course, you can see the the, the blimp hangar for Hitler, which say what you will about, you know, National Socialism, but they did like blimps, which is pretty cool. Um, wow, Steve, this is, I can't, I can't support Nazism this early in an episode. I, I gotta get off this tea. Uh, um, but yeah, and that's right near the Playmobil factory, and so I had this whole dream of, of taking Bart and his family over there, and then going to Star Wars Celebration Europe. But uh, not to happen. We'll, we'll have to get a correspondent, Steve. That's true. Know. We really do need one. That's a good idea. <clears throat> well, we're going from the the good to the also good. Um, I said this to you guys before. Actually, um, once again, it's it's worth mentioning a big thanks to uh, to Tom Quinn in New York because uh, he's a faithful listener and he's on the boards as Jedi Quinn. Uh, you've seen that name around, right, Brock? 
Yeah, he he kind of like keeps it cool, but whoever you are, if he ever asks you or ever talks to you, just know he's like a totally awesome guy who you should always, you know, be nice to because uh, he's just you know wicked nice. And he actually he sends me a lot of like texts and stuff, and he put me onto this podcast from Plaid Stallions. Uh, Steve, you ever you've seen the site before, right? Uh, yeah, I've seen the Plaid Stallions site before, but I didn't know. I guess this is a new new podcast they have going. Yeah, and it's it's everything, you know, vintage toys. Right. And I love it because it makes me think about when we started the show, Steve, whatever it was, three years ago. And actually, I think it was, I think, Brock, I think I sent an email to you talking about the idea of it and maybe to John Alvarez as well. And uh, we're going to have him on soon, I hope. And his reaction was just like, oh, man, you can't have a podcast about you know, toys, there's nothing to look at, you know, <laughs> and that was the whole idea that it couldn't work, you know, um, but here it is, another podcast about toys, and I don't know half the things are talked about, because the first episode, they're talking about Doctor Who toys, right, right, and I don't know the difference between a Dalek and a um, Dashiki, <laughs> Bart, no, yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> Um, but you know it's it's very engaging. Uh, the second episode, actually, I, I would suggest you guys jump in on that. Again, it's called Pod Stallions, and uh, it's with a couple collectors who they seem like they've been around for a long time. Brock, do you know these guys? No, I don't. I reckon I do. I, I've been to the website a few times, but I don't. I don't know if I've ever talked to any of these guys or not. They don't ring a bell. Well, they. I mean, just based on their stories, they've been around for a while. Like they're telling stories, you know, pre-toy shop and stuff like that. And their second episode, if you like it, whenever we talk about toy shop and the way collecting used to be, they just have all these really wild stories about, like, hanging around with, you know, being, like, 14 years old and driving around New York with a guy who knows where the Mego factory is and stuff like that. Um, and it's just, it's really cool. And I don't know, if you like hearing... People, uh, if you like hearing a couple guys talk about toys, then that's a very good place to go. Uh, but but none of you have you any of you listened to it or, or just me? I, I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. As a matter of fact, I was like Steve. I didn't know that uh, they had started doing a podcast. So I, I've been to the website, you know, off and on, you know, ever since they started up or whatever. But I hadn't been lately and didn't know. But I might check this out now. I mean, scrolling down here, looking through some of the things that they cover or whatever. You know, are we gonna? get a podcast about the the supposed lingerie catalogs from the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it's on the docket. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like, you know, right be- right below it, I'm not what is, which, you know, sure which one would be furrier, the the big flip from the Bionic Man or the lingerie catalog. <laughs> that's uh that's an inappropriate question, Brock. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, hey, it's, it's the 70s. You can't yeah. go wrong. Yeah, you, you can't go wrong. So, yeah, it's it's pretty good, although I get the sense that if I listen to it, I'm going to, like, want to get more things. More which, stuff. Which won't, won't help me. The guy's a specialist in rack toys. Uh, don't go there, Brock. And, uh, <laughs> and like, he's into those things. I, I found out that, the, you know, those, like, uh, the parachute dudes? Oh, yeah. You know, like, you throw oh, yeah. them up Plastic. and the parachute comes down? So, first of all, Tom has in his collection a Spock parachute guy. Wow. Huh. Which is great, because in a world where teleportation exists, the last <laughs> thing you need is that. And then on the show, they were talking about a John Belushi from 1941. What? And, and this is like a holy grail. The movie. Because, yeah, yeah the movie, 1941. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. that's insane. They, they had toys for 1941? 
Yeah, well, like they're rack toys, so they're super cheap. So it must okay. have just been repainted. And anyways, huh. they they talk about how they've only ever seen one, and it was that picture, and how they're constantly on the hunt for this one John Belushi parachuting thing. <laughs> and uh, I, I heard that I'm like, ooh, I want a John Belushi parachuting 1941 <laughs> toy. <laughs> uh oh, uh oh, slippery slope. Yeah, slippery slope. I uh, guy, I had an idea. Um, yeah, you were talking about how. Somebody had mentioned, you know, you can't have a podcast about something that you are looking at. And then I was thinking about uh, sound. <laughs> and then I thought about vintage toy sound. And <clears throat> I brought a, it's not a Star Wars toy at this okay. point, but it is a vintage toy that has a sound that I think most people will be able to hear and understand. So let's see if we can see if anybody can tell it. I'll just give the first little bit of sound. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah, I got it. That's, you already know what it is, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Now let's try the next little bit of sound. <laughs> okay. I think everybody must be with me by now. <laughs> Does everybody know what that one was? Did, did you get a single, double, or a triple, Bart? <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to get the birdhouse, but I'm not looking to that one. Uh, all right. It was just something that came up to me that was like, hey, maybe there's some sounds in some of the vintage stuff that we haven't, you know, brought to the surface. And we could uh, try to see if there's some vintage sounds out there of some Star Wars stuff, some creaks or some weird cockpit thing opening or whatever. Clicks. Right, yeah. the power droid clicks. We should get yeah. those. Yeah, that, yeah, that's the first thing I thought of was power droid's legs. Yeah. Right. So, so just to make that clear. That was the the handheld pinball games, right? Oh no, actually, no, no. We're going back. This was the, the Marks Magic Shot Shooting Gallery. It had the oh. blue. It had the blue gun on the side with the BBs that were all encased, and then you kind of raise it up and you aim for a a bell. Huh. Here. Here. Hey, hey Steve, did yeah. Bart go too far? <laughs> <laughs> wow, no, that's cool. I, I thought it was that little handheld thing where you try to, like, you know. The baseball like the game where you yeah, yeah. have a little, yeah. It sounds that's like, what it sounded like to me. I mean, wow, no, I, I, it's actually vintage. Oh, December 1974. It has a print wow. on it. December 3rd, 1974. Patent. Our, yeah, well, I I, I, I like it. I, I think we should get some sounds. I mean, I've always been hoping. Okay, Bart, you can stop playing with it now. <laughs> Mommy. <laughs> you know, I was thinking we could, you know, maybe try and get the Imperial Troop Transport sound, right? That's right. Have, yeah. have you ever heard that? Has anyone heard that, Brock? You ever heard how that sounds? Yeah, I've not heard it in many years. Everyone I've owned, you know, as a collector, as you know, been in operational or whatever. But uh, I do remember it somewhat as a kid. What did it sound like, Brock? Uh, I, don't, I don't even know how to explain it. it, it it's, um, wow, uh, just like a, an electronic pitch, I guess. I, I don't even know how to, I mean, it's really been probably 20 years or more since I've heard it. Okay. <laughs> like a squeal, like... <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Close enough for me. Yeah, there it is. Thank you, Bart. Once again, bring in the audio. So that's good. I, I like that. Why don't you uh, send in some emails to thevintagepod uh, at gmail.com or kivecast at gmail.com. Let, let's ask Brock, Steve, the big question. Brock, uh, what do you prefer, kivecast or the vintage pod as a name? Uh, vintage pod, probably. Oh, take Ooh. that, Bart. Oh, all right, we may, we may have some uh, have some other votes. And speaking of totally silly things that don't really have anything to do with Star Wars collectible podcasts, um, there, there's this funny thing that popped up on eBay, and uh, <laughs> it it was just beautiful. Some folks were talking about it, and it was uh, how would you describe this thing, Steve? It's a trophy, sort of. <laughs> right, that's what it was claimed to be. So, claimed to first be. of all, this thing is fake, right? But it's a fake thing that somebody made, right? And it's you know apparently it you know storied as a uh, an employee award in Kenner Canada and it has a gold rocket firing FET kind of affixed to the top of it. It's very peculiar. And you'll see it on the show notes and in the enhanced version of this podcast. Which once again, because sometimes people don't know, the enhanced version means if you have a smartphone, you can see pictures on your iPod or your Zoom. What, what do they do called now? Wait, do they still make Zunes, Bart? <laughs> yes, they do. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying try to be hip with the kids, you know? Um, yeah, I, I just love it because it's so audacious just to be like, to create this, and it seems really pretty close. But Brock, uh, what, what were some of the telltale signs this thing was fake? Uh, I mean, number you know, besides the misspelling on the nameplate or whatever, it just, it to me, it just seems awful. You know, right. in everywhere, or whatever. I mean, the, the the base number one looks way too big for something they would have done just for that one little figure. You know, or whatever. Right. And you know, I, I think the few people that we've talked to about it said, you know, did some research and just said there, you know, Kenner Canada didn't, you know, have any rocket vets to be doing this with to begin with. And I mean, really, it just doesn't match up with anything we've ever seen or heard of in the past. Yeah, I mean, I know there's the, the Michael Breakfast Award is out there, but that thing's completely different than this is. Right, yeah, so there was such a thing as an award for toys, but uh, it, it it's just great. Just like, yeah, it's a one-of-a-kind uh, Boba Fett. Uh, oh, wait, rocket firing. Oh, uh, no, wait, rocket firing and gold. And also, for Canada, an employee item, like the whole thing. <laughs> you just you're shooting for the mood. You got to give him credit. <laughs> you know what? Then, I think I think I just realized it's addressed to Steve. I think this should actually be my retirement from the baseball league trophy. Happy retirement, Steve. I think that's that's happy retirement, Steve. That's true because when I saw it, I first thought it looked like um, so. So Bart, you're not a part of the of the baseball league, but. Uh, Almost every year, the person who gets last place gets a beautiful prize made by Brock that's oh. usually like a vacuum metalized, you know, hammerhead with his head cut off or something. Um, I guess that's just a hammer. Um, <laughs> but they, they get this booby prize, and that's what I thought this was at first. Yeah, it's looks, it looks... It, I mean, it does look a lot like, you know, something I would make for the league or whatever, except it's, you know, the base is a little bit nicer and, you know, right. the, the, the back metalizes much nicer but I mean it has the same basic feel to it even the nameplate and everything on it and yeah. you know whenever you first mentioned that you know a couple of weeks back later I thought yeah that's pretty spot on to something I would have made for the baseball yeah. league but yeah and definitely <laughs> misspelling you, your that's just your 
yeah, you go to all this effort to have this this cunning ruse, and then you just make maybe the simplest mistake you possibly could have. But anyways, and also thanks goes to Canada's greatest know-it-all, Scott Bradley, because he, he did some research and definitely disproved it. But I just think it's a funny story, because we're actually going to be talking about fakes in about uh, 10 minutes, guys. We're going to be giving a call to talk about another fake. Um, but something is not fake, and that's this Return of the Jedi art. Um, I don't know much about this. Uh, Steve, you, you kind of uh, put me on to this. It was, it was an eBay auction? What was it? Right. It was an eBay auction. Uh, There's a piece of artwork that sold for about 330 bucks, And it's, it's interesting. I mean, it has a lot of people kind of stumped as to what exactly it was used for. Um, I mean, it has a similar look to some of those Collect All 65, Collect 79 displays that Return of the Jedi had. Um, but... At the same time, it doesn't have any text, you know, we're talking about action figures. Um, and the artwork is, it's kind of has that Adam Joseph, like, I get that they did a lot of other great products, including the infamous Vader comb. Um, but right, uh, they also did the, the toothbrushes, right? Right, yeah, I think they did the yeah. toothbrushes. Because to me, um, this looks like a, a toothbrush thing. Like a, dis- yeah, me. some kind of display for, for toothbrushes or something like that. But uh, it's, it's cool nonetheless. And it had, you know, Kenner mentioned on it. That didn't have a Kenner logo. It's just, it's interesting. It's cool as a kind of Return of the Jedi collector. I, I thought it's pretty neat, but um, it's, it's definitely uh, hard to pin down. Yeah, I mean, it's a complete mystery. Yeah. Um, did you have any theories on this, Brock? Well, you know, uh, I talked to a couple collectors about it last week, and my initial thought was that it was some kind of pre concept to one of the collect all, you know, displays or whatever. I mean, I know the imagery is not necessarily correct, but I mean, you know, I thought maybe they could have just been trying to lay out some ideas of which direction to go with these things, or maybe since there's both 65 and 77 back characters, you know, and stuff on there, maybe that really was going to be a collect all, you know, type of thing or whatever. But then I talked to another collector who said he thought it might be something along the lines, something for one of the coloring books. You know, you know, for some line art for those or whatever. But uh, and I seriously considered bidding on this piece, but uh, another good friend of mine said he was going to bid on it, so I backed off of it at that point. And uh, I mean, it, it's a really cool piece, but I mean, what it is is anybody's guess at this point because I don't think any of us has, has seen that exact imagery with that right. background and everything used on anything at this point. Yeah, the thing that strikes me is how is how like triangular it is. I mean, this is a really strong triangle, and even in other Kenner stuff, I don't ever recognize this firm of a triangle line. You know, like you yeah. have one, but this you could almost looks like you know a pool like a pool rack or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it seemed to me three hundred thirty bucks is pretty cheap for that. Yeah, I really expected it to go, you know, a whole lot more than that. Uh, whenever I was talking to uh, somebody that was wanting to bid on a order, they expected to go a lot higher, too. And, you know, I, I did. I just thought about bidding on it, but I, I, you know, didn't want to run up the bids for, you know, somebody that was a good friend. And, you know, fortunately for whoever won, I think they got a really good price on it. Yeah. So hopefully we'll we'll learn more about that. But uh, that, that sort of goes beyond a market watch because that's an actual find. Um, and it's an actual find of... Who knows what? But uh, I, I don't know, Bart. This one made me think of you a little bit. Uh, this this Rarities magazine article. So Bobby Sharp, who I think he's at least listened to one of our episodes. I don't know if he's a monthly listener. Um, but uh, he showed this. And uh, it, now, you know, Bart, this has some uh, some predictions, right? It says that the last uh, Star Wars episode would be released when? Uh, 2001. 2001, which is actually pretty close. 
Uh, a lot of them said, you know, they will finish filming them in 1994 or whatever. Um, there seems to be kind of like a, a, a spotlight on sort of, I guess what we might call unloved items. Yeah. Like the, the Dianoga and what else? What, the cups and... Oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Dixie cups, which uh, Todd Chamberlain would be very upset if I said it was a uh, unloved item unloved. because he's like... <laughs> The Dixie Man. I mean, if you just look at this picture, we'll put it up in the show notes, of one of these pages. Yeah, a toothbrush isn't usually what you expect to see, you know, as like the cool item or whatever that somebody's going to want to save for 20 plus years or whatever. <laughs> right, yeah. And, and you see like on this one page, a, a loose Dianoga, a loose, um, is, is that a, that's a diecast uh, falcon. Falcon, some, yeah. Some cups, a, a plush chewy. And then a 48-back FX7. And I don't, it's cool, right? Because it's like they're speculating. Like, what is going to be the thing? Right? It, it might be Dixie Cups. That might be the thing that's worth $1,000. Or it could be the FX7, right? <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's something worth really, uh, really exploring and, and checking out. Yeah. Um, they, they had some, some price guesses. Uh, what, what were those, Steve? Let's see. I think there, was, there were a couple good ones. Um, they kind of have a 12 back Vader valued at 25 bucks. This is in 1983. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Given the, the fact, what was the, the last one that we talked about on the market watch was like five, $6,000 for some, right. that Kellerman one. It just blew my mind to read that. Um, I mean, there's, there's a few other good ones in here, but, uh, I think my favorite, line is, is at the end of the articles is, do you want to invest in your child's future? Put away a few Star Wars items for him or her and may the force be with you. It's, it's just that whole invest in your child's future thing that it just, it, it, I don't know. It, uh, and it's it's true, depending on what you put away. Yeah, no, it, it, see, that's the thing. In, in 1983, this statement was actually somewhat relevant. It, if you try and say that now, it, you just... <laughs> Right, it, it makes no sense. But uh, the other thing I, I thought was kind of neat: the cover itself just kind of reminded me of our show in general because it has all this weird, <laughs> random stuff, but kind of displayed nicely. Like, oh, this is great stuff, not just junk. And uh, right, it just it kind of reminded me of the spirit of, of what we're trying to go for. Yeah. Plus, it's got Red Skelton on there. Yeah, yeah, Red <laughs> Skelton too. I mean, that. that <laughs> hey, you know what? Let's let's talk. Wait, he's a, he's from the south, right? Red Skelton? Red Skelton? I don't know. Or he's old, right? Someone knows something about... One of our guests knows... Who's Red Skelton? <laughs> Bart, who's Red Skelton? Do you know? Good, good luck with that one, no. You're, okay, you're not that old? Brock, is, is he a southern thing? Is he like... Uh, uh, who's that person from Grand Old Opry with the hat? Cousin Minnie? Is it like a Cousin Minnie thing where us Yankees don't Just know? Just because he's old, he must be from the south. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, so no one knows who Red Skelton he's is. He's an American entertainer known for some radio and television comedy work from you know mid 1900s or so, I believe. Okay, all right. So that that's you, Red Skeleton. Because I always thought it was Red Skeleton. <laughs> so I would see Red Skeleton. I'm like, this is gonna be awesome. All right, this is some clown hobo. I don't know what this is. <laughs> Oh, man. That's much like... Uh, yeah, and remember. again, if, if he's a hobo, he must be from the South. <laughs> hey, I, was, I didn't say that. He looks more uh, like a Brooklyn Dodger to me. Yeah, he does. He looks like dem bums. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you remember, Bart, but I, I, when I was younger, I didn't know the difference between Bob Hope 
and the Pope. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't understand that they were two different people because all I knew is that I didn't know why other people cared about them and they were really old and had white hair. And so, like, I thought they were the same person because I didn't know what either of them did. <laughs> uh, same thing happened with Howie Mandel and Barry Manilow. Oh, man. Uh, Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> wow. wow yeah. Bad, bad mashup right there. Yeah, bad mashup. But yeah, no, definitely that, that could be our podcast front page. The, the 12 backs mixed up with the shampoo and uh, just the – but they really are – they're really pumping the Dianoga monster. Oh, yeah. No, he's, he's got the cover <laughs> right there. He's yeah. front and center. <laughs> uh, that's great, but really though, if you think about it, 1983, 25 bucks for a Darth Vader—that that is pretty outri- outrageous. Because you could still go to Zayers and get a Darth Vader for two like bucks. Two bucks, right? Yeah. For the next two years, right? So. Yeah. I mean, I would have thought that was crazy. You know, that'd be like someone telling you, Steve. You know, if you go out right now <laughs> and you get a, uh, you know. I don't know, a Spider-Man toy from 2009, you can pay 25 bucks for it, you know? You'd be like, you know, why is that? Yeah, that's Bart, true. Is that the best example I could come up with? A Spider-Man <laughs> toy? <laughs> that's the other thing we need you for, Bart. You need to jump in there and make fun of me. That, that's your job. Sorry. But the most articulated action figure does belong to Spider-Man and was available about 10 years ago. Yeah. Is that worth more money now? Uh, I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Bart. Yeah, Bart bought that thing. It's got has like 179 points of articulation. You can like you can seriously. I'm not exaggerating at all. You could pick the dirt out from underneath his fingernails, and you come back the next morning, and there's more dirt. For real, no joke. <laughs> I'm totally lying. Uh, <laughs> oh man, uh, awesome. And then uh, speaking of California. That's right. Um, let's. It sounds like you have a. Sounds like the, the California club is is still going on. Tell us about the next meeting, Steve. Yeah. So uh, coming up for May the fourth, which is a holiday in Star Wars world that I did not know about until all that, you know, long ago. But uh, David Carr is hosting a thing at his place down in Orange County, and uh, there's I like, got a free comic book day in, in the area, so we're gonna go cruise around, get some free stuff, and uh, just do the usual sell and trade and, and shop talk. So it should be fun. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, Bart, you, you going to make it down there? Uh, nope, I'm not going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> keep trying. But I'll keep trying. Oh, uh, keep yeah. trying. Uh, yeah, awesome. I, yeah. I missed out on that Rancho Obi-Wan. That, I'm still recovering from that. So mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to do that again. That, that was definitely a, uh, it's a repeat trip, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, me too. I missed out on that too. Yeah, that was a that was a real bummer. Well, uh, and we should actually have another meeting of the New York Club, but uh, unfortunately, that's all being pinned on uh, my ability to organize stuff. Uh-oh. And uh, I just organized a trip for thirteen kids to Montreal, like thirteen students to Montreal. So, like, all of my brain power is just gone. I, I don't even know. I can't organize anything at this point. I'm like in another world but hopefully we'll we'll get that going um but you know i was thinking about this show and about how to make it more interesting and steve why do people listen to the show well there's a number of reasons but uh i guess to be entertained and to to learn no i think they listen to the show because they're interested in my collection ah Um, what do you think brock (laughs) is is that accurate 
Sure, absolutely. That's why <laughs> absolutely. I <laughs> Absolutely. Well, no, but what I'm saying is is uh, it might help if every once in a while we were just totally selfish and we just talked about stuff that we happen to get and make that a reason to talk about something. That's true. And then I, I actually, that was something I was going to maybe bring up as an idea, maybe do a every once in a while spotlight from something that we, we picked up. That's a good idea. Yeah. So I, I just recently picked up actually from last month's spectacular guest, CJ Fawcett. Um, I picked up from him a basement bounty hunter uh, Emperor Palpatine. Ah. Um, now, one of the reasons we like having Lobart on is that he's not, you know, a super hardcore vintage collector. Do you have any idea what a basement bounty hunter Emperor Palpatine is, Bart? No. <laughs> Good. Yeah. So, so Bart doesn't know, although he is one of the few people who knows the name of my my Emperor collection, which I haven't shared with everybody yet. Do you remember that part? Emporium, uh, Mister <laughs> Mister Palpatorium, Mister Palpatorium's magical emporium, Emperorium, yeah, Mister yeah, Palpatorium's Emperorium. That's, <laughs> that's the name of my emperor collection. Oh man, it's good, Brock. Right? It is. It's fantastic. Because who doesn't remember that Dustin Hoffman movie from 18 years ago? Uh, Mr. Palpatorium's Emperorium. Magical Emperorium. Yep. Um, anyways, so I, I picked this thing up, and I realized I sort of know the scoop on what a basement bounty hunter is. Um, I have another basement bounty hunter item in my collection from Chewbacca. Um, now, this is the Emperor Sculpt. I call it the Hula Emperor Sculpt, because it looks like he's doing a little hula dance, even though he's trying to kill somebody with lightning. <laughs> and so we are going to make this roundtable even rounder. Uh, we are going to invite another participant in the chess game, Steve. Put another piece on the board. Start. Put another piece on the board. Uh, I don't know. We'll have to figure that one out. But we'll just say what we're bringing in another player. We're bringing another player. So we're going to do a, a vintage vocab just to tell Lobart, just him. Not you. If you're listening, turn off your headphones because only Lobart is going to find out what me, a basement me, bounty me, hunter me, is. Me, me, me. And that is next on the Kivecast or Vintage Pod. Vintage. Micro Rob Amantea. But we, we've wanted to have you on for a while. And before we talk about basement bounties, we've wanted you on because you're writing this book. And also because the number one question we get is when are you guys talking about micros? Now, are you making people ask us those questions, Rob? Are you like asking them to. No, not at all. I, 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 don't, I don't talk to that many people, so. So well, no, it's definitely the, I haven't sent anybody your it's way. The number one requested subject. So, in a way, what we're talking about today will help kind of uh, touch on that. How's how's the book going? It's going good. I got um, uh, Dave Myers doing all the uh, photography for okay. me. So, uh, you know, I met him right around Toy Fair. I brought half my collection down to New York for him to photograph, and my God, was that a project and a half? Wow. <laughs> And uh, he's going to uh, a couple of collectors' houses for me, so to uh, you know, uh, photograph their stuff. And uh, you know, we're trying to get together one more time so he can finish my my collection. 
Wow. So, um, and ju- and ca- he just started. Go ahead. Oh, no, I just I realized I haven't even properly introduced you yet, have I? Steve, you got to help me out here. <laughs> uh, how, how do right. we introduce Rob? I, he's Micro Rob. Right, he's, he's Micro Rob, <laughs> and that name, uh, he, he's not actually microscopic. You can see him. He's a full, fully formed human being, <laughs> but he's definitely the, the world expert on uh, the micro collection. So now that you've been listening to him talk for three minutes, uh, you know who he is. And I interrupted you on, on your, on your uh, talk about the, about the book. Yeah, um, I got Jared Clark and Josh uh, Blake. They're doing the layout with me. Oh, great. Or they're doing the layout. Me and Josh are writing the book, and uh, it's getting there. It, it, it takes a lot of time because I don't have a lot of free time. Right. But, uh, but yeah, I got um first draft is sent to Josh. He's going to edit through it. He's working on the layout pages right now. Um, they just just got the first round of pictures all edited for us. Uh, he, he did the back to stuff, uh, I'm sorry, the investment stuff first. So Josh has that. He's working on putting some pages together right now. And uh, we're really going to try to hopefully have this out by the end of this year. Wow. All right. Or, or at least going to press by the end of this year. Well, great. Well, We'll have you back on, you know, with Josh and maybe even Jared and stuff, and have like a big release party on the show. But now, my Sounds my good. my poor brother uh, really wants to know what in the world is a basement bounty hunter, and why did my brother buy a what I call hula emperor? Um, <laughs> so, do you ever call him the hula emperor, Rob? By the way, I. I do. Okay, good. Yeah. I, I, I didn't know if that was just a thing I came up with or if it's just a natural thing to call him. So what, what, tell us yeah. the story of the basement bounty hunters. All right. Well, to give you the full story, uh, we're going to go back to the beginning. Uh, back in February of 2002 was the first time I ever heard of these guys. Okay. They put two auctions up on eBay. They were both for the C-3PO from the torture chamber. There was an unpainted Dynacast and a painted Fora. So sure enough, I ended up you know, fighting everybody in the world, and, and I won both the auctions. Um, you know, I asked them for backstories on the pieces ahead of time, and all they kept saying was, you know, they got them from a friend who had a box of stuff. Huh. You know, right there kind of seemed iffy, but to take a chance on, you know, obtaining C-3PO, I said, okay. I said, well, you know, if I'm not happy with them, will you guys refund my money if I, if I feel they're fake? And, you know, they said yes. Um, the main guy I was talking to was a guy named Doug. I believe there were three or four guys that, you know, were the basement bounty hunter guys. Okay. But the main contact guy was Doug, who I, I talked with. Um, I ended up winning both of those. <coughs> the um, As soon as I got them in, you know, they, they didn't feel right. The, um, the C-3PO's head was kind of elongated. It didn't look right. Um, so I took a little paint chip off the bottom of the painted one because it was paint it wasn't va- um, you know back metalized right. and it was a white plastic underneath which right there tells you you know it's totally bogus right so just just to make sure that, so that, that Bart understands here Bart right you're listening right Absolutely. okay so then there the micro the prototypes you know, would be a four up so it would be four times regular size you understand that right yep. okay so then uh, the the back to chamber 3PO was unproduced, right? So how many real back to... Uh, well, it, it was the, the torture chamber I'm 3PO. sorry, the torture chamber 3PO. Uh, how many like yeah. real 4-ups um, do you think would exist? Uh, 
Just unpainted Dynacast would probably be around four or five were made. Um, I know of three of them. Okay. So definitely uh, pretty no rare. No painted ones ever surfaced. Yeah. So I ended up sending them back, got my money back. Um, the guys ended up talking to me you know, a few more times. He said that they had some other stuff. So we decided to meet up at Celebration 2 huh. um, in May of 2002, where they brought out a mold for the C-3PO from the torture chamber, a wax of the C-3PO, which, you know, you have the mold to make the other fake things. You can easily pour wax in there and make a wax. Right. They both had the same elongated head, the mold and the, the wax. They also had a soft copy for one of the Power of the Force coins. Don't ask me which one it was. I have no idea. Okay. But, you know, not knowing stuff like that about, you know, other lines, I sent them over to Derby with that, and Derby just looked at them and said, not interested, and sent them away. He knew right away, you know, those were fake. <laughs> um, we stopped talking for about a year after that, because, you know, they, they were insisting all this stuff was real, and, you know, I kept warning everybody away, because back then when they would list something on eBay, you could see other people that were bidding on things. Right. So I, I would I would email the people and, you know, give them a heads up, let them know, and, you know, sure enough, their bids got retracted and all that. Um, about a year or two later, they decided to just make a bunch of different four-ups, uh, you know, uh, bogus four-ups, but they were doing them in different colors. Now, I you saw the pictures I sent you. Yeah, these are, these are beautiful pictures. I, I don't even think... I mean, I hadn't seen all of these. Uh, Brock or Steve, have you seen all these pictures before? No, no. I've, I've seen a couple, but not the majority of them, no. Yeah, no, these are, these are great pictures. They were making them in bronze, purple, pink, white, black, a dark green, a light green, and they were trying to get a blue close to the blue. But at this time, they were now, you know, selling them all off as... Um, as you know, customs, fakes, however you want to call it. And they were heading out and doing the Ohio Collector Clubs. They were going to meetings, you know, bringing out, you know, their pieces and selling them off that way. Um, I don't know where they ended up getting all the pieces from. Um, they had, for the production line, they had Boba Fett, a Rebel Soldier, a Stormtrooper, Vader from the Freeze Chamber, Lobot, and Chewie from the Death Star. Unproduced-wise, they had R2 Dagobah, 3PO from the Torture Chamber, a Power Droid, a 2-1-B, and, you know, I was kind of intrigued. You know, some of them I didn't have any examples of, so I'll I'll get one of your fakes and use it as, like, a a space holder until I can replace it. Right. You know, just so, you you know, you have an example of it in your collection, knowing it was a fake. I don't remember what they were charging for those, probably maybe $35 or something for the fake ones. But, um, so at, at what point did they stop selling them as fakes and start selling them, I mean, stop trying to fool people? It was probably late 2002 huh. by the time I got word around to you know anybody that they would be contacting. Um, you know, when they went out to Celebration 2, they were still, you know, trying to push the stuff as real. But, uh, you know, they got shot down by, you know, everybody that they went to, anybody who knew anything about it as soon as they looked at it. You know, they probably could have fooled some amateur, like got a, a booth at a local toy show and sold it as real, right? Um, or you know, got a better price for it. But you know, so it was probably around late 2002 when they stopped, and then that's when they just uh, started making making them all as fakes and changing the colors on them. 
Right. Yeah. Well, it's it's weird they were able to get away with that. So like, yeah, yeah, we're total scammers. Um, hey, you want to buy these? <laughs> that's that's quite an about face. Now, how how do they make them? Do do we? I mean, do we know that? Because that's one thing I I wanted to get Lobart in on this is that. Um, there was a few collectors out in Ohio that were giving them their four-ups to make molds of. Huh. So they could make copies of it. And at the time, you know, I got to admit, I'm guilty too. Any of the Hula Emperors or the Black Bespin Guards that they made were because of me. I sent them my Blue Harvest pieces. Huh. Um, in, in trade for doing that, they gave me one of everything that they made. I see. You know, that was my cheap way of not having to spend any money in getting other examples of pieces I didn't have at the time. Right. So, um, you know, we had a verbal contract, me and Doug, that anything that they they made from my molds had to be completely fake-looking. I didn't want anything to look real to go out there. And as far as I know, you know, they... They did that. Right. Well, then I, I guess um, I have to thank you for the Hula Emperor that just came to me two days ago. So, <laughs> so oh, nice. That, that's why I thought of calling yeah. you and getting this whole thing is just like, you know, I don't really understand fully the story on this. And I got the sense there was a cool story. So that's neat that it comes from yours. Well, the, the, the reason I did that was because I always wanted a painted emperor. I thought that would be cool. So to get one of them, their fake ones, I painted it up and threw that on my shelf. And it was like, Okay, I got a painted emperor that looks cool. Right, and um, yeah, and then and, so, and then what happened? I mean, over the years, what what's happened to them? I haven't heard anything from them in the last uh, probably the you know last eight nine years. Uh, after around two thousand four, I, I talked with Josh last night, and it was around two thousand four two thousand five. They just disappeared. Um, there's there's been a white Yoda four up on eBay uh, uh, the last couple of months. It's one of their pieces. Huh. Um, the guy who originally was selling that, uh, probably around 2003, was from Florida. I don't remember where they're from now, but you, you, it's the same piece. He's listed it three times and sold it twice, miraculously. Wow. And I don't know how many he has or if it's just a friend bidding on it, trying to get other people to bid. I, you know, I don't know. But you know, that's out there on eBay right now, so... Buyer beware! You, know, you want a fake Yoda? You know, fine, right? Ten, twenty dollars, but don't get fooled by the guy who's claiming it's real. Right? Wow! So they just disappeared, and and everything they did, I don't know. So I mean, because part of the reason I wanted to get Bart on here too is, you know, you've done some molding, right, Bart? Yeah. <clears throat> yep. I've done. I mean, si- uh, similar similar things, not prototypes or whatever, but just. Uh, making molds and then casting it with uh, urethane resins that you know come come quickly together and it's awesome to see them all lined up like that. So and yeah, needing an original to make the you know the first step is probably the biggest one. is the is the best question to ask. Like where where do they start if these things are hard to find already? Right. You know. Yeah, and we should also mention that Bart did also make a naked Playmobil. Uh, he did. He did mold. Naked. <laughs> he said it was Adam and Eve, but uh, yeah, that was, just putting an apple bart at their feet doesn't make it Adam and Eve. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I put it in their hand, and they're in a diorama with a snake yeah. and a yeah. tree. Uh-huh. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! We don't need to go there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, man. 
And, and, and what, what do you think? I mean, what do these go for now? What do you think they're worth? I I don't see them more than probably twenty five, thirty five dollars tops. I mean, they're they're really nothing special. It's just a bunch of cheap plastic copies, and you know you can see by, by the pictures I sent you that they did make quite a few of right. them. So. Yeah, I love the the group picture of the Vaders. That's definitely my favorite. Because <laughs> they're all just kind of sitting sit in uh, the line. You got a couple purple guys, a couple light blue guys. Uh, that's pretty good. Right. Wow. Well, cool. Now, I, so, Bart, do you understand what a basement bounty hunter is now? Well, I think I do. I mean, I, the the history behind it it's it was the name of the group of the guys that were doing the casting and molding of the of the this. Uh, round of four ups. Correct. So, yeah. And they gave themselves that name. They gave themselves that name. They actually had a website at one time that they were selling uh, the stuff at, but I, I, I checked last night and I couldn't find find it. So it's either down or they, you know, took everything off of it. Right. Wow. Well, I guess that, that's a good lesson in buyer beware. You know, we actually just talked about the the gold plated uh, Canadian rocket fet that was fake, and people are always trying to pull some stuff off. Oh, that was fake. <laughs> yeah, I hate to, <laughs> wait, actually, we didn't even say what were they asking for. It was like ten thousand, right? Oh man. Yeah, I believe it was ten thousand. Buy it now. Well, you you got to shoot high when you're trying to scam that bad. But uh, oh, actually, yeah. I mean, you got one shot at it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, awesome. I think uh, the the next time we have you on, maybe we'll we'll have a, a concise explanation of uh, of Blue Harvest because I don't think we've actually given a, a real definition of that either. Have we, Steve? Uh, you know, I think we may have a, a while ago, but it, it's you know, it's always good to refresh certain things like that that you see from time to time. Yeah. But uh, that I think that'll that'll have to in the book. In the book. That's right. In the book. <laughs> Awesome. Um, well, uh, so thank you so much. Microrob.com. Oh, yeah, microrob.com. That's your uh, that's your site. Yeah, um, yeah, that's the site. There's uh, early sample pages up there. We we just changed the look. Josh wanted to tweak it a little more, but uh, you know, as soon as I find somebody who can do some web work for me, I'll, I'll put more updates up there. Awesome. Oh yeah. And, Boy, uh, I haven't even checked this you know, out the yet. New Ooh, that looks good. Yeah, the new sample. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think you can hear us all typing in microrob.com. Nice one, Steve. <laughs> Way to hear you're typing. Yeah, it's right after me. Yeah, and that'll be great. I think, you know, when you when you put that out, we'll have the super microrob cast. And uh, we'll, we'll just kind of really delve into it. Because um, if the people want to know, you definitely have an audience, Rob. Oh, great. Awesome. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Rob. The Bespin Guard. Halt, strangers. Take us to Lando Calrissian. Follow me. From Kenner's Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back collection. Action figures each sold separately. I'm Lando. Who's there? Han Solo on a mission with Rebel Soldier. What's your mission? We're fighting the Empire. And we need your help. Han Solo, Rebel Soldier, Lando Calrissian, and Bespin Guard each sold separately. From Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back collection. New from Kenner. Hey. Hey. All right. Well, that, that was good. You see, Steve, one of the reasons I like having Bart around is I can be patronizing to somebody. And uh, <laughs> uh, not really. I was just—I thought I kind of had like uh, an idea going there. But yeah, uh, well, awesome. Um, you know, I think before we actually hit the uh, hit the nugget, 
Um, Brock, you mentioned right as we went to the break that you were lying to us before about your Lando collection. What's the truth, Brock? <laughs> well, actually, it's not so much of a lie as much as just somewhat of an oversight because there's a much cooler character in this piece that overshadows Lando anyways in the Rebel Soldier. Uh, oh. but, but, but recently, uh, all CJ, uh, from the kindness of his heart, he offered me a piece that uh, fit my Rebel Soldier collection. It's uh, one of the Sears catalog of Mailer four-packs or whatever, and it's got uh, Lando in it and Rebel Soldier, Han Hoff, and Luke Hesling, and it's a QC sign-off for one of the four-packs, and there is a Lando in it or whatever, and uh, <laughs> on top of it being a QC sign-off, it's uh, also signed off on my birthday, so that was a pretty big deal. Wow. And, uh, That's awesome. Nice. So, yeah, yeah. And I, and I, and I, he didn't know it when he offered it to me, and I didn't know it whenever I first agreed to buy it, and then he sent me the pictures or whatever, and I seen that it had my birthday to September 9th as the sign-off date on it, and, you know, of course... I was going to get it anyways with the Rebel Soldier, but that saying it was my birthday it was definitely a no-brainer at that point. And but uh, Lando is in there, so I do own something pre-production, somewhat related Lando-wise. I just I had forgot, I just got it, you know, about a week ago. So but it's a quality sign-off four-pack. Yes, okay. it, it, you know, it's got the box and it's got the four figures in it, and it's got the signature from Don Huber, who has uh, signed off many of the QC samples that are in our collections throughout the hobby, right. or whatever signature across it with the date of nine nine eighty one on it. Wow! So that was your awesome. What, what birthday was that for you? Uh, my fifth birthday. Wow! So you, you know, you were probably getting Star Wars toys at that time. Yeah, yeah, probably. Uh, I know I had already been to see. Uh, uh, Empire at that point in the theater, obviously, and was playing with some Empire toys, and quite possibly may have actually been playing with the Rebel Soldier the day that he was signing off a Rebel Soldier. So that was that was you know kind of cool. I was probably getting something Star Wars later from my birthday that day. So yeah, definitely need to have that in my collection now. Wow, that's 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 great. Like a personal story yeah. and kind of tying it all together. Um, I, I don't know, Bart. Uh, did you ever hear the story that the license plate for the van that I got? You ever hear that? Uh, no, I don't think so. So the license plate for my van is FT. Well, I guess I won't say the last letter in case someone's trying to rob something. But then it goes <laughs> 1977. And I thought this was oh. the coolest thing ever, and I was all excited. And then uh, Ma, that's what we call my mom, she's like, oh, that's so wonderful. It's for your birth, you know, your birth year. And that was actually like, I was like, oh, you're right. Like, I saw 1977, I just thought, Star Wars, this is the greatest oh, thing, I've got a Star Wars license plate, and it's the year I was born. <laughs> well, it's good that we have our priorities in Australia. Yeah, yeah, we, we yeah, have yeah. our priorities. Uh, that, was, that was pretty funny, because like, oh yeah, that too, I guess. But really, it's the year of Star Wars. Brock, I like... I like the fact that you actually admit that you had a Lando-related item, even though the main story was about your Hoss Hoss soldier. So it's like, and yes, okay, I gotta drag it out of you, Rebel soldier. I mean, I gotta drag it. Yeah, there's Lando over there. Whatever, Uh, whatever. uh, Well, it wasn't. It wasn't until Sky said, you know, that about CJ, you know, in the basement bounty hunter piece. I was like, oh yeah, I did get something from CJ. They had no Lando involved, but it was a complete oversight on my part because I was seeing, I keep my eyes on the prize, which was the Rebel Soldier by far. (laughs) Lando's a hero, right? He's a hero. He he took out the Death Star. He may not be my hero, but he's a hero. (laughs) Right? Just not my hero. (laughs) I mean, out of all of the Star Wars characters, he is the one who most closely resembles Prince. To be fair, that is true. I mean, true. he was able all. to dress like his buddy 
uh, Han when Han can fly the ship. Yeah. So, you know, he's, he's willing to cross uh, dressing boundaries. Uh, yeah. Well, as an additional, I mean, as an additional note, as a kid, I was the lone kid probably at the playground that was flying his Falcon around with Lando and nine of them in the cockpit. I never had Han and Chewie in my Falcon. Nice. Oh, there you yeah. go. Uh, I, I, I was always a Jedi kid, even though Empire is my favorite movie. These days, as a kid, I was a Jedi kid. Right. So, so you, you were sticking uh, to canon. Uh, I love it. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. All right. Well, speaking of Lando, uh, let's uh, let's hit our nugget. Tis a nugget from the archive. Tis a nugget. Oh my God, they're gorgeous. From the archive. So, Steve, you found this nugget, and my throat hurts. So, tell me <laughs> about it. All right. So, uh, I found this uh, piece from the collection of the Dark Artist on the archive, and uh, it's a wax head for the Lando figure. Whoa, whoa, and- whoa, 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 whoa. What? Who is this Dark Artist? I'm sorry. I saw this before. This is an anonymous person who, who goes by the name Dark Artist, or is this someone we know whose name is the Dark Artist? I, I don't know him. It might Steve? be Prince. <laughs> it, might, it might be. <laughs> um, anyway, it's a, it's a wax head that has paint on it, which is something that I definitely don't remember ever seeing. It doesn't seem to be common practice um, as far as wax sculptings go. But uh, it's just interesting to see this head for the Lando figure that has paint on it. So, right. uh, it's, so, it's so a mysterious... Wax, right? Like right. what? That's the absolute first phase we're talking, right? Right for for sculpting. Yes, well, yeah. Go ahead, Brock. Uh, yeah, you know the 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 original sculpting for you know here just the head or whatever, but probably the first stage. You know, it's the pinnacle of what you would want. You know, if you were going to be collecting, you know, window pre-production material. Right. So it's the actual head as carved out of a piece of wax by the actual person. So it's crazy because that's a really rare piece and it's really important. And then it's, it's painted. And do we have any theories as to, I mean, are any other waxes painted that, that we know of? Uh, I guess Brock, you probably know the best or any other waxes Uh, painted. I have heard that there has been previous instances where someone would have been painted, but I've personally never seen one. Or known of one, you know, from, you know, the initial set of figures, you know, Star Wars through Jedi Pops on Twitter. I, I, there may be some for Toys and Ewoks. I could be completely wrong about that. Uh, but I, I know, I believe the archive entry does state that it's not completely unheard of, but it is quite rare, you know, to see paint on a wax. Uh, when this piece first surfaced, probably about four or five years ago, uh, I talked to, you know, one of the people that helped turn it up or whatever, and it, you know, it completely dumbfounded a lot of us when we seen it with the wax, I mean, with the paint on the wax or whatever. Uh, speculation, you know, on my part could be due to the fact that it's the first, you know, black character to be released. Maybe it was, you know, in test to see what some of the colors were going to look like since they were going with a completely different skin tone for a human character, uh, you know, Possibly consider looking at this piece here that it's got uh, the teeth painted white and the eyes white. Maybe it was when they decided to go from you know, regular Lando to the smiling Lando variation, you know, giving him, you know, 
the teeth and the you know eyes on that figure. Maybe it, it, it played into that somehow. But then you've got the hair that's black, and then the, I mean, it really is something that's quite puzzling as to why the wax would have been painted. Because at this point, painting, I would have thought there would have been a hard copy, you know, that they could have been painting on or whatever. Uh, but I mean, who knows? I, you know, talking to Steve about it at one point, I you know told him that you know maybe it was a situation where they needed something rushed and they didn't have anything handy other than this head to paint. You know, right. the, the slap on something just as a presentation piece to somebody, or maybe somebody, you know, needed just, you know, let me know what it looks like, you know, how these things going, or maybe they didn't, you know, necessarily know what the final sculpt was going to look like, you know, the final, you know, production figure was going to look like, as they were working on it without some paint on it, you know, I, I don't know, I, I really am, you know, kind of, you know, dumbfounded by the whole thing, but... So, so the, the, the smiling Lando came after the, okay, so... In case you know nothing about Lando, and I gave a haiku earlier, guys, that explained this, but in case it didn't come through interpretive poetry, we might as well say it. So there's two main molds of Lando's head, right? There's one where his mouth is closed and one where he's smiling. They're different molds, right? It's not just different paint. Well, you know, I uh, previously had thought they were different molds, but I've been looking today and trying to find, very, you know, different variations and, you know, pictures of them side by side or whatever. And truth be told, it kind of looks like that they're just one different. They're just that, one that, what that, different? Painted? That the, uh, yeah, that the, the smile Lando is just painted different than the regular Lando. I, I don't necessarily know that they're different molds. Well, you know, then, I, I, then that's it, right? Then that must be it. That they would just would take that and say, hey, this is how it would look if it had a mouth. Right. I mean, because to me, these pictures don't look as if his face has been painted at all. No. Uh, it, it looks like it's his mustache, his eyes, his mouth, and then half of his head. Although there does appear to be paint remnants on the back of his hair, but not nearly as prevalent as the stuff on the front of his head. So, I mean... It really is anybody's guess. Uh, you know, maybe it's got something to do with the hair texture since it's so intricate. Right. You know, maybe, maybe they're wanting to see how the paint was going to take to it. I, you know, I really, I wish I had better answers for you, but, you know, we, we discussed this a lot whenever this uh, piece first turned up, and we were all just kind of baffled by it. Because well, if, you, if you paint yeah. it, if you paint it, you're starting to mess with what the mold, the mold would be, right? So exactly. it, would, it, it would be after either after it gets to the mold or at a point where maybe could they even be building up the hair a little bit to say, hey, there wasn't quite enough there and we're going to paint a little bit more depth to it. But I think it would still mess with the process if it was painted. So it's probably post um, making the mold from it. Right. So so maybe it is when they decided to rework the head or at least the paint deco or something afterwards, you know, after the initial process. I mean, I, I don't know for a fact which... Lando come first, smiling or not, because I believe both Landos are equally, you know, available out there. I, I think there's abundance of both of them. It's not like one variation is more uncommon than the other. Uh, but I've always been under the impression that the regular Lando come first. Uh, right. The Lando and then the, the other one started to appear, but I've not seen any rhyme or reason to the way those were released, personally. I mean, I don't follow variants that closely as far as, like, which countries at least what and this and that, you know, which factories they come from and all of that stuff. So, uh, but I mean, it would stand to reason to me that it could be some sort of a paint test, you know, for the mouth eyes, but because really the pictures just don't, to me, don't look like they ever uh, face any darker tones. Right. You know, it, it looks like the, just the original wax color. Wow. Well, 
I think that's about as much as you can time as you can spend talking about a half inch piece of wax. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. It is a good it is a good nugget of wax. It, it is. It is truly a nugget of wax. It always makes me think of I forget which Bruce Lee movie it is. There's a Bruce Lee movie, I think it's Game of Death, where he like goes floor by floor and there's the bad guy and he pulls his head off. But oh, it's made out of wax. And I think he just that was screams, Game of Death. Yeah, wax. You know, I have cream was in it, so you'd know, Steve. Um, <laughs> yeah, he just screams wax. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's uh, that, that's what I always think of. But yeah, well, good. We got a lot of mysteries here this month. Yeah, it's fun. You know, and maybe somebody that has a better thought can chime in because you know I'd be interested to hear what some other people think as well. I know I've talked about it to a handful of people, and that's the best we've come up with. But. You know, maybe somebody knows better than I do. And, you know, right. I would love to hear what they did. And maybe the dark garden will we'll chime in. <laughs> um, although I guess that was kind of insulting, so probably not. Uh, cool. Uh, but what do you guys think? Should we, uh, should we hit the unloved world? Sounds good. Don't hate. Only the unloved hate. The unloved and the unnatural. The unloved and the unnatural. Steve. Yes. You, you lost me this month. I don't know. I what I don't know what this is. Have you taken a look at this part? What he's what he's talking about? This is unlike any other unloved item we've ever seen. The the book. Yeah, a book. Yeah, what's and I mean the cover? What are we supposed to? Uh, are we supposed to read it? What's going on, Steve? It's so unloved that I don't even like Mind it, heart? Steve. What? Yeah, this oh is, man. Well, see that that's, that means we're going to break some barriers here. We are. Well, first, the title of this this vintage book. It was published in July of 1983, so it's vintage, all right. Okay. But it's 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 titled Landel Calrissian and the Mind Harp of Sheru, which which <laughs> raises several questions. What is a mind harp? For one, and and who or what or where is Sheru? Um, I, I just thought that it was the most weird out there title for a, for a book. Uh, <laughs> is, it, is it a title for an album from the seventies? I mean, it could be. <laughs> mind yeah. Harp. Who's on the Mind Harp? I'm so. <laughs> I can see Lando sitting in a meadow holding a harp. You know, clearly next to his head. Right. Thinking about playing it. Yeah. Right. I might. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think the the publisher summary to me is just is hilarious because it, it, to me it, it signifies Lando, but it's also completely bizarre. Uh, all right, I'll just—it's pretty short. I'll read it. So, gambler, rogue, and con artiste, Lando Calrissian was born with a well-developed taste for the good life. More comfortable at the dealer's end of a fast shuffle than at the rear end of a blaster, Lando always had sensors scanning for the chance to pick up easy credits. <laughs> so when he heard that the planet, planets of the Rafa system were practically buried in ancient alien treasure, he hopped aboard the Millennium Falcon and brushed up on his rusty astro... Bleh, I don't know, astrogation? Don't know what that word is. He uh, <laughs> never stopped to think that someone might be conning the con man. And uh, it's just one of those bizarre things where he's got like a weird companion droid on the on the cover. I don't know if you guys noticed yeah, that. Yeah, it's kind of like an R two ish kind of thing. Yeah, it's just bizarre. I don't think I would ever bring myself to to read it <laughs> per se. I think the publisher summary kind of summed it up <laughs> enough for me. But I just love that 
it's a vintage book dedicated. There's a whole trilogy apparently dedicated to Lando and his uh, and his conning. So, well, I I, I know that we have listeners who read EU stuff. So please tell us what a mind harp is. Um, I, is that what they're playing in the holiday special? It could be that like like that could be a mind harp. Uh, what be. is a Sharu? Is it next to the planet of Shim Shimini? I don't know. <laughs> right? Isn't that Mary Poppins' part? Shim Shim Sharu. Yeah, right? That, that's the best joke I got. That's, I, I, it's close, at least. <laughs> I, I could hear the laughing. Um, so I'm, I, uh, And also, if you look at the cover, that almost looks like that's a painting of the toy and not the actual falcon. That's true. It's got the huge uh, cockpit for the falcon. Wait a minute. Are you guys looking at the cover? Yeah. I think I'm. I think I'm right on this. I'm. I'm kind of wondering why Lindo uh, apparently has never changed clothes. <laughs> That's true. <Yeah. laughs> I mean, if this is supposed to be a backstory, should he really be wearing the same stuff that he was wearing? You know, many years later after he already lost the Falcon. Yeah. No. That's that's <laughs> a real question. Oh, the mind sharp of Sharu. It's a, it's a mystery episode this month, guys. We have a lot of unanswered questions. We do. We do. Uh, what? Why is his head painted? And what is a mind harp? Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, great. Well, Steve, I, you actually, you might have done it. I am now actually curious. Uh, I do like it. <laughs> what, what I like is how, if you look at it, Bart, you're you're kind of a, a Photoshop master. It looks like they color matched the the purple of the font with his cape. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Close. Yeah. Close. I'm I'm actually I'm giving a talk tomorrow about how to do good PowerPoints. Um, so after I finish recording this, I'm going to start thinking about that talk. That's okay. It's a 20 minute talk tomorrow at noon. But I have my priorities, people. <laughs> oh man. All right, Steve. I love it. I love it. The Mind Harp of Peru, or Sharu, or Shamu, or whatever it is. <laughs> now, guys, do, do you want to hang out for the, the Market Watch? Uh, sure. sure. If you want me on, I'll be glad to do it. Oh, yeah. We'd love to have you on. Cool. So let's uh, let's hit our, uh, our, our little Vlixie sound drop. One dollar Vlix. Market Watch. So I just took a, a bathroom break, and I come back, and uh, Bart and Brock are talking. Steve and I are off mic. So I don't know. I wasn't recording. I have no idea what they were saying, Steve. What do you think they were saying? <laughs> I don't know. They could have been doing some investigating or uh, some trash talking. I, I just don't I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, but Bart, you were, you were telling me uh, off mic, as it were, uh, about a website that we should check out. What, what were you talking oh, yeah. about? Uh, so in the uh, Lando theme... There's a site I saw, uh, thelandosociety.org, and it looks like they're starting a, a petition to get Lando in or to promote uh, him for Episode 7. Oh, and great. one of the most uh, <laughs> inspiring ones is there's a list of tweets that have come in, and as early as April 20th, somebody was wondering, I often wonder how close Lobot and Lando Calrissian were. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, wow, that doesn't always strike me, but that's a good question. How close were they? That's true. in the land. Yeah, in the land of EU, uh, Lo- uh, Lobot, I think, helped Lando win the deal, win the game in for the Cloud City. So I think there was an early, early something there. But 
<laughs> I hadn't pondered it on Twitter recently. Right, yeah. <laughs> Some sort of intergalactic card counting, maybe? Something like that, yeah. <laughs> that, and playing off, be, the, uh, oh. playing off the bad, you know, the, the skill set of the current Cloud City administrator or something like that. Yeah. Anyway. Well, Bart, I expect you to start the lobotsociety.org. <laughs> <laughs> just because I mean John Hollis is dead, right? But I mean, how hard is it to? I'm sorry, I better not say anything bad about John Hollis. But yeah. um, nothing. We'll just we'll just move on. There, there can be no other Lobot. Lobot is dead. I say Mr. Drummond's yeah. dead too, so there's, there's no hope there either. <laughs> their it's tagline, true. their their tagline at the on the site was pretty good too. Promoting interstellar commerce and good looks since the old republic. Yeah, that that is good. Nice. Hello. Yeah, I mean, we're we're uh, you know the official. Uh, I don't know, Bart. I know you don't listen to every episode, um, but we did actually cast episode seven a while ago, and we're still in the process of writing it. Uh, it's got um, the Dianoga, um, Captain Panaka, yes. um, Lumpy, uh, Mace Windu, and who am I forgetting, Steve? There's someone. Who is it? Uh, is it Ninem? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that is. Yep. That's right. Yes. Yep, a Ninem. So, yeah. anyways, we are. We're still. I'm still working on the script. Um, I've only gotten as far as Captain Panaka um, and and uh, Mace Windu working together, and Emperor <laughs> Dianoga. Those are the only things I've worked out so far. But you came here to listen to a market watch, people, and that is what we are going to give you. Um, so, what do you, what should, we, should we start with the Lando? Or should we start with the with the, the highlights? Uh, I guess why don't we go? With, we'll keep with the Lando thing. All right. So the first one on the list for Lando. I guess first I just want to preface this by Mike makes a good note that pretty much all of these figures are a pretty good deal, and it just made me think of that line that this deal is getting worse all the time. But really, with Lando, it's it's getting better all the time. I have altered the deal. Pray I don't alter it any further. This deal is very fair, and I'm happy to be a part of it. And you'll see why. Okay. Um, getting better all the time. Uh, so the first one is a 31 back, uh, sold for 177.50, which is a, it's a pretty nice piece. It's an AA 85. Um, that's kind of the lead off here. Right. So that's the 31 an, an, an offerless, almost debut. It's not 31A, but it's right. 31B. Um, and that's that's pretty standard. Brock, what, what do you think about that as a sort of longer term collector? 177 for a for a 31 back Lando. Does that seem to make sense? It does. Uh, I mean, I would have thought with it being greatest in AFA 85 or whatever, that I would have got a little bit more than that. But uh, it does have the, the dreaded Y designation. So That's I mean, right. I guess it probably you know, took a hit a little bit there. But I don't think 177 is too bad, really, for uh, the buyer. Uh, I, I would expect it. I mean, with it being graded like that, I certainly would have thought it would have ended up a little bit more. But it seems more in line with what old price used to be for really nice figures that were ungraded. Right. All right, and speaking of ungraded, Brock, that's the next one on our list. So it's not a 31 back, it's a 32B. What, what do you see in that one? I, you know, I, I really think probably the main thing about it was the fact that it wasn't the baby part. Uh, I mean, uh, with it being a 102.50, to me, that sounds like a really good deal. Price sticker might have hurt it a little bit. But, you know, anybody that wants to take the chance and remove that price sticker or whatever, it looks like it might would actually grade out pretty high. Uh 
as best I can tell. But back whenever I used to sell, you know, carded Landos here and there, I mean, it was usually anywhere from 75 to 150 bucks, depending on condition, you know, for some of the early Empire stuff, and especially offerless pieces are usually more desirable. But, you know, the, the prices, I'm kind of shocked, they're, but they're as low as they are. Yeah. It's weird. The 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 um, price tag says Lionel. So I guess that was a train shop? I mean, right? It, does Lionel have its own well, stores? I, I assume that they did. I, I know I've seen lots of vintage figures that have that price sticker on it. Uh, back in the old Dalvatuna fine uh, years ago from Jim Bull or whatever, a, a, a good bulk of his figures had Lionel price stickers on them. Well, why don't you explain that uh, for, the, for the audience? What is the Jim Bull Dalvatuna fine? Uh, I don't remember what year it was now. It's been several years ago now. So uh, one night I was sitting on eBay talking to another collector that's uh, no longer the hobby that most people probably wouldn't recognize anyways. Uh, I was talking to a collector and we were browsing eBay together uh, in one of the old collector Star Wars chat rooms we were talking. And you remember those days, Steve. Yeah. Uh, uh, we was talking and we both stumbled across a... Uh, Power of the Force Luke Stormtrooper with a crystal clear bubble for I think the buy it now was like 125 bucks, and we've seen it and neither one of us could determine which one was going to buy it because we both found it at roughly the same time and uh, I think he clicked on buying it first and then it just seemed like figure after figure kept getting listed. I mean you know like you know 15 to 30 Power of the Force figures that were in immaculate condition got listed all within just a few minutes, you know, of each other for. Amazing prices. Some as low as sixty-five bucks, you know. And then I think they started when they seen how fast they were selling. The prices started going up to like maybe two hundred for some of them. And we got in touch with the guy, and apparently he had bought tons of figures from Toys R Us many years ago, and then Lionel as well because he had a bunch of figures with that price to on as well, uh, and had forgot about them. He had stored them in a trunk in his mom's garage. And she had found them one day while digging through the garage or whatever and told him that he needed to come get them or she was throwing them out or was going to sell them at a yard sale or something. And then he went and found them. And it ended up being, you know, like hundreds of figures that this guy had in a trunk. Huh. And, and so, whatever. so and the, almost, why were they called Dogatuna? That was his name on eBay. I'm sorry. Oh. Uh, that was his store name on eBay was Dogatuna. Uh, D-O-G-A-T-U-N-A. Uh, and I, I don't know what the basis behind the thing was. That's just what his eBay seller name was. But his real name is Tim Bull, and he was actually a really nice guy. And uh, then you know, let us know that how many of these figures he had, and he started selling them on the market. We helped him sell some of them. I think I ended up buying like you know close to sixty figures from the guy over time. Wow. Uh, or whatever, and some of the prices were really good. And I mean, none of them were actually really bad. But I think after a while, he started realizing what he had. And I mean, like some of the Luke Stormtroopers. You know, nobody had ever seen a clear bubble on one, and he had like 10 or 15 of them. Wow. Uh, and they were grading out 85s and 90s when people were getting them graded. And, I mean, it, it, it really was a huge find of some really immaculate things. Most of them were power of the force, but as he got to dig him further, he started finding lots of stuff from Jedi and Empire as well. I don't think he had any Star Wars backs of any kind, but most of the stuff. I know he had a lot of Star Wars characters on Empire backs like Greedo and Hammerhead and Snagletooth and stuff like that, but... Uh, it, it really was an amazing find. It was, you know, uh, I may have some pictures uh, for that if I can. I'll pick them up so you can put them on the show. Yeah, no, that, that's great because I mean that's a super uh, insider terminology. You know, Daga Tuna. Like, yeah, that's sort of Bib Fortuna. I don't quite know what that is, but <laughs> I, I, do we, has the has it have the bubbles stayed clear? Uh, I 
I personally don't own any of them any longer since I've sold all my production collection off over the years. But I've talked to several people that have noticed some starting to yellow, but then I've talked to a few that have been able to keep them out of light and everything. And, you know, still, once in a blue moon, you'll see somebody list a figure, this is from the original Dog of Tuna find. Right. You know, whatever, you know, like in a man of man you know, or whatever. And it seemed like a man of man was the one out of all of them that he had that has stayed the clearest the longest. Huh. I don't know if there's any real time or reason to that, you know, but that, that seems to be what little bit I found, but I've not really kept up with what's been going on with them the last few years because I sold off all of mine several years ago. Right. Well, well that's, uh, I, you know, that, that's a, it's a pretty good market watch already, huh, Steve? Yeah, we got these nice uh, supplementary stories. It really helps. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, uh, Bart, you want to read the, the next one? After, so we had 177, we had 100, uh, and then what happens a little bit lower than that, Bart? Uh, let's see, we have the uh, ESB for 99. Yes. That one, 41 back. It looked good. That looked like a, that, that looked like a good car. It's very fair, and I'm happy to be a part of it. A little bit on the, you know, a little bump and stuff on the bottom, but it looked pretty clean and uh, uh, sharp. So I think that looks like a pretty good deal. Oh, wait a minute. This is a repro. Really? Right? Wait. Look at this thing. Aren't the colors off? Isn't the picture wrong? Isn't the bubble messed up? The top of the bubble might... Is, are you looking at the top of it by his head? Are the or colors no? off? I don't know. Maybe it's just a bad well, it looks picture. Like a, it looks like a really bad picture. But okay. Yeah, I was about I to know. say, I think it might be the whole picture because even the black, you know, or whatever, yeah. like the edges or whatever look like they're kind of blurry. And so I'm, I'm assuming the guy just hasn't invested in a decent camera. All right, all right, all right. I'm just trying to sc- start a little scandal here. Uh, <laughs> Bart's trying to pass off fakes on the Kivecast. What's going on, I man? Did, what did I do? I just, I, what? I. Um, and then actually, Steve, I, it should go around to you or to me, but, but we got we to gotta put Brock on this one because Brock is, of course, the 41 back master. Right, Brock? You're still the 41 back master, right? Well, I know a few things about 41 back. Okay, so the, the survival kit offer is, is another one of Brock's uh, specialities. Um, and so what does a, a Lando 41 back go for here? Uh, this one here says it went for eighty nine eighty nine. And based on the condition, I'm kind of surprised it went as much as it did with, you know, the big project. It's one of the easier 41As to find, actually. Uh, you know, I know that just from specializing in them, and most people probably don't pay that much attention to, you know, 41As, but uh, there are some that are extremely hard to find, you know, Land Bestman being probably the toughest, but the Lando is actually one of the more common ones, so I really, you know, would have expected this one looks like. Is, is the bubble a little bit yellow, or is that just maybe, again, a bad picture? That might, might just be lighting in the picture. That yeah. might not be as bad. Having the hanging tab in there? Hey Brock, having the, yeah. the tab, tab still in there does that give it a little bit more? Or what do you yeah, mean? I mean, there's there's a lot. I mean, I personally never you know cared if it was punched or unpunched because I'm not you know super strict on condition on things anyways, and I'm kind of cheap, so <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie about it. I'm kind of cheap, uh, but uh, you know maybe this might be dead on. I mean that that. Uh, residue up there in the price to or whatever, but it don't look as bad as I initially thought. Looking back on, I, I thought that bubble was really yellow, but I think it may just be a bad picture. Yeah, but and also, so yeah, I mean, ninety yeah. bucks. And Bart, you and I have always 
kind of had a thing for Unpunched that other people don't care about. I've never understood it. I've never understood how a figure can be an AFA 95 and not have a punch or whatever. T- to me, like, but I, that's just kind of a weird, funny thing, right? Because, Bart, you and I have yeah, always I talked about that, right? There. Yeah, yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Brock is so wrong. <laughs> Come on. Uh, no, but I... I uh, I also wanted to sort of compliment Brock because, uh, you know, he's a specialist in this card back and he's always very helpful. And I remember when I was starting my Chewbacca collection, I used to email him a lot about, like, how much should I spend on a 41 back Chewy and how rare are they and how often do they come up. And even though, you know, he had no real reason to help me out, he definitely helped me out a lot. And uh, I finally wound up with one. And it's pretty cool to have someone who knows a card back as well as, as well as Brock knows it. So what I'm saying yeah, is you should I'm bug Brock. You get that as a gift? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, about to, I, I believe uh, you got that as a gift from your wife, maybe. Is that right? Oh, yeah, that's right. I did get it as a gift. Yeah, that's right. Uh, she tried to figure out... That's right, because rent, you know something's up when my wife asks me a question about my collection. Um, because in general, just zero talk, and then right around mid-August, about a month before my birthday, she'll she'll sort of be like, "What's the one thing you don't have? A forty, a forty, a special survival kit off survival kit offer? Yeah, yeah, yes, that's right. Yeah, she she helped track it down. That was fun. Weird. Okay, uh, <laughs> coming back from uh, memory lane then. Um, uh, let's go to the next one. And Sky, uh, how about you tell us what's next? Okay, um, let me look it up here. So it looks like, wait, the, is the one you wanted, Sky, was the 41D? Yeah, that's the one I wanted. Okay, good. Um, so this is a, a the most exp- um, the second most expensive, and it's another uh, AFA. Uh, no, it's not AFA. It's, it's AFA grade worthy. Right. Ooh, grade worthy. Ooh. Yeah, yeah and it's... You know what? I think I just think all Landos are fake. Because I look at it, it's it's the purple. The purple just seems chintzy on his card back. No? It's, you know, it probably is a, it's a dark color, so probably the, the way it prints, it washes out a little bit more. Or it's not as consistent. Yeah, I don't know. I'm also, you know, I tend to be paranoid, so... Um. Yeah, so I guess because it's AFA worthy, that's why it went for 166. And I see that because it seems pretty, uh, pretty nice. Um, I'm actually going to do the next one too to kind of move it along because I, I can, okay. he- I can, I have the interior Chris Jorgulius in my head telling me to keep it moving. Um, <laughs> and then we move into the Return of the Jedi, and we have a 48 back. Uh, it seems as though they all, pretty much all, have yellow from now on. Uh, and this is 70 bucks. Uh, $72, and that's the uh, a fairly rare one, uh, because it's the... Now, you call it 9-nub, Brock, is that right? 9-nub, yeah. Yeah, even though it's Nien? Yeah, it's 9, I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> 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 I make my own rules and I live by them. It's, I think most people say it. that could be our next uh, Debate D8, um, seeing as the last Debate D8 was in our second episode. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I spent like four hours on that drop, and I've only ever used it once. Oh, <laughs> man. Yeah, what do you say, Bart? Do you say Nyan Nub or uh, Nyan Nub? Or Nyan Nub. Yeah. Uh, Steve? I guess I always went Nyan, but yeah. I don't know. 
There you go. I also, I also went with, I, I didn't realize, I think this is probably a, a modern thing, but did they ever use an M in his name at any point? Like, instead of numb, numb, like numb, numbing your jaw? No, it's always been okay. numb. Okay, yeah, I must have just I've never it. seen it the other way, but I think it's a pretty big misconception by a lot of people that yeah. they think it's pronounced numb whenever numb. I, um, I yeah. want to figure that, but it, it is nyan. Well, yeah, so it could be nine num or nian nub. Oh. <laughs> so point is that's uh, that's a, a little bit more rare, and it's sold for that much. And I will do the last boring one before we get to the next exciting one, uh, which is a <laughs> sixty-five back, um, and that's also yellow bubble, and that goes for a measly eighty-eight dollars. Um, so. Man. Yeah, it seems as though you could get a pretty good run going for 500 bucks fairly easily. Um, and then the last thing, Steve, why don't you tell us about the last one here? Yeah, so we, we got a two-pack. The, the 89 seems like a magic number because this two-pack with Han Solo in a trench coat went for 89, which, I mean, hey, you got the, the two buddies right there. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Man, two-packs are so weird. They are weird. Because, <laughs> I mean, I think about four years ago, this would have gone for like $300, right, Brock? Don't you think? Yeah, probably. I mean, with the combo, I don't know what the level. I know there's a lot of characters out there that don't show up in two packs very often. I'm not, I know Han Trench does quite a bit, but I'm not sure about Lando. But you would just think the, you know, when there that big craze happened two or three years ago, that having Lando and Han in both, that, yeah, it would have easily been 250 300 something like that. Because the yeah. two-pack two actually looks pretty good as well. Yeah. It's really crazy. Huh. Yeah, it makes me happy to have my uh my Han and Han and Chewy two pack. That that was definitely a score. Yes. Um, I should feature that sometime. Bart, have I ever put that up on the website? I don't think so. No. Oh Chuseum. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, Bart, what do you think is the last time have we updated it in this decade? I don't think we have. <clears throat> uh it's been a while. Yeah. It's, it's been, been a while. stretch been a stretch but hey we got the podcast right well you know uh fantastic pete his name is not as difficult to say as brisbane brisbane mike um but he also brings us a market watch and it's uh, sort of more general stuff as it is every month and uh, i just talked for the last six minutes despite the fact i said everyone else was going to talk um <laughs> but you know that's part of the tradition here uh, at the Kivecast and or the vintage pub so uh, what, what what do you see here with the the Darth Vader case? Uh, see who wants to talk, Brock. What do you see with this? I've actually owned uh, a couple of these uh, over the last few years or whatever, and the that's actually a pretty good price if I could get the thing to pull up correctly. Uh, seven fifty nine, you know, seven hundred sixty bucks or whatever. That uh, you know, out of the special offer cases. It's, Definitely the easier one to find between the two with the other one, you know, I think being what, uh, IG-88, Fett, and Vader, is that right? Yeah, so, I think um, that's right. So, uh, yeah, so this is like uh, the Darth Vader case, which is pretty common, but what makes it special is this offer um, that... Yeah, it comes with, it has the three figures in it, uh, Luke Bespin, Yoda, and Darth Vader. Uh, like I said, it's it's the more common between the two, but it's still not super common of a piece, and it's graded, graded in eighty, which is a good, you know, pretty good grade for something of that size. Uh, and but seven fifty nine, actually, I think uh, I've sold some ungraded that were probably not nearly as nice for more than that. So that's actually a really good price for somebody. 
Yeah. In my uh, opinion, anyway. I mean, I, I haven't followed the market on them that closely lately, but based on, you know, previous experiences, I think $760 almost sounds like a steal. Yeah, and, and just as a piece, we haven't really talked about this. Um, Bart, you, I don't think you listened to that episode, but we've uh, we spent a lot of time talking about uh, Luke Bespin as a name. And of course, that he should be called Muppet Show Luke, uh, or Dagaba Luke, because that's where he wears that outfit more often. And this three pack, it's just so cool to have Vader and Luke and Yoda, because you just imagine the whole scene in the cave. Yeah, right? totally. Yeah, is it just me, or, or do you do you see that as well? I like it. Yeah, yeah. Um, sweet. Uh, then uh, Bart, what, what what do you see here for the the act face? Let's see. That looks like a whole lot of money. <laughs> uh, well, what is it, Bart? It's a Power of the Force. Okay. And it is with a coin. I guess that's another level, right? Uh, Where they all came with coins. They all came with coins, but... Okay. And um, it's pretty... I guess it's yellow, but not super yellow. Is that... Yeah, it, it counts as yellow, but for a yak face, that's not super yellow. Okay. And, I mean, AFA gets you the, you know, the little sign-off or whatever. So we got an 80. So that's a strong AFA. Yeah. So, and, uh, and how much does it sell for, Bart? It says 5420 That is a lot of money. It's a lot of money, and it's it's funny. I remember years ago talking with Brock about collecting carded figures, and like, what are they? I mean, if I really wanted to get a yak face on his right card, how much would it cost me? And that's why I decided not to do it. <laughs> it's like this figure right here, I'm like, nope, that's not gonna happen. What did Brock say it would cost back then? I I don't remember, but it was it was a lot. It was way more than my high school meager salary could afford. But, uh, if I no. remember correctly, when we had that conversation, I was quoting you somewhere where it was like twenty five hundred to thirty five hundred, depending okay. on the edition. So I mean, yeah. the prices have certainly went up on these, as well as the Anakin's that are out. I think I've seen Anakin recently that seems kind of high at you know four thousand for the condition it was in. But I mean, you know, as years go on, these things you know seem to come more in demand. You know, and especially with the grading process and everything, you know, adding that whole aspect to it. Uh, there, you know, there are a lot of people starting to invest in these things, you know, like it or not. I mean, it's it's just a fact of the matter now, and so the prices are definitely going up. I think that's a whole lot for a yak face as well. But again, I I don't collect carded stuff any longer, so you know, maybe I'm off base. Maybe that's you know a good deal. I don't know. It just looks high to me. Is yak face considered the top one, or is or is there a little bit of discussion around? Ooh, that's the a, that's a good discussion. What is you know, the most sought after, I'd say probably that, right? Yeah, probably, you know, that or a, uh, the Anakin, of course, is pretty highly sought after than a vinyl cape Jawa or whatever. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, how rare are they? Probably not nearly as rare as most people think they are. Uh, but as far as collectors go that just really, you know, want to put together an entire collection, usually part of the Force Yak face is pretty high up there on the list. Uh, especially if you're only doing one of each character on, you know, the correct card and that kind of stuff. I mean, you get in some of the other Power of the Force figures, Adat Driver, Nikto, Gamorian Guard, you know, some of those that were released in Australia, you know, as well or whatever. Those can get pretty pricey. 
depending on condition, but I still, even though I find those to be less common, they're usually cheaper than what yak faces are. Right. <clears throat> and did they always, they also had all, the French on there too, always, or no? Uh, I think those were the ones that were released in Canada. Right. Yeah, I see a Toronto uh, on the... Yeah, they're made in Canada, but released in Australia. Right? Yeah. For the, for the act face? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I think so. Well, people know a lot about them, so I guess that adds the extra couple grand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that that's an interesting piece, and I think I love how he uh, Pete ends it. And okay, we'll talk about the Star Wars things, but he mentions that there was a a great American hero proof card, and uh, believe it or not, that actually really interests me. I I'd, I would love to have a uh, greatest American hero proof card. Um, I can't believe I missed it. Um, but it's cool because he, he shows us two lily ladies that uh, are carded Mexican lily ladies. Uh, one, uh, Luke Jedi, which Bart should have got for Amos. Um, although I don't think it would have fit in my budget to buy that for my brother. Um, or appreciated it enough to... Yeah, no. I appreciate it. I mean, I got him a card back once for 75 bucks, and he seemed to be pretty psyched about that. Um yeah, and so these are great. These are just amazing. Super clean. And uh, the the Yoda cell sold for two thousand five hundred, call it, and the the Luke sold for one thousand. And uh, yeah, they're just you don't see these things very often. Um, Brock, have you ever seen a Yoda? I've seen pictures. I don't know if I've ever seen one on the open market like that. Uh, it, 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 I think it's, you know, notorious for having a pretty fragile bubble and everything, which, I mean, you can tell in this picture here that they've had a special case by FA made that surrounds the bubble, right. yeah. you know, with an acrylic brace or whatever. Uh, that price right there seems, you know, pretty in line with what I would expect uh, for something like that. Uh, I, I know some of these uh, the Lily Letty cards, you know, will go higher, some lower or whatever. Uh, matter of fact, it wasn't that long ago that, uh, I sold a Gamorrean guard or whatever for about the price that this Yoda cost, a little bit less, around twenty three hundred. But it was also in amazing condition. But it's it's one of the tougher ones to find. Right. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I think this. I think the Yoda here actually, you know, it looks really nice and really crisp, especially for that particular character. I mean, yeah, it's got you know the unfortunate tear in the card, which you know probably brought the value down some. But these figures are so hard to come by. You know, usually when they come up, buyers really can't be choosy about the condition on them. Just hope they get it for a price they're comfortable with. Yeah, yeah. And I I just, I love how they change the card art so much and just add this kind of harsh lines. And, yeah, and I especially love yeah, that. Yeah, all, all of those big cards like that are really, really nice. Yeah. Were you, uh, was that, who's jumping in there? I, I, that was me, oh. uh, Brock. I was, I was just saying that all of the Letty cards are really, really nice. Yeah, and I, also the... The Spanish here, Consu Sierpe, I guess that must mean cane, but that almost sounds like, Brock, you're the Spanish expert. Does that mean uh, snake <laughs> or cane? Serpent. I have no idea. Serpent. <laughs> it means serpent? I no, know. I don't think so, Scott. It sounds good, though. Serpent. Yeah. I, think, uh, I don't think it's serpent. Sierpe means cane? <laughs> I, I, I would guess that, yeah. Uh, I might be wrong. You don't know. No. Isn't it serpiente for serpent? It means serpent. Take that, Mr. 
Well, actually, wait, you aren't saying Yoda. Yeah, so it means Yoda with his snake. Nice. That's awesome. Right, because on the Kenner figure it says with Kane, right? I think you're right. Or it doesn't even say that. It might say that on the back. Okay. Yeah, that's great. So definitely high high priced items, but that's part of the reason we have the market watch, is that at some point someone can go back and say, Oh yeah, the the Yoda Lily Lady sold for two thousand five hundred and get kind of a sense of it. Yeah. yeah. I mean that was just a, a skimming the surface on Pete's Pete's report. So definitely check out the Kivecast Market to see the whole thing. There's a lot of insane stuff. Every month, basically, that they, they pull together. So ch- definitely check it out. Yeah, once again, the, the spinoff that outshines the original show. That's the kivecastmarketwatch.wordpress.com. And, um, awesome. Well, I believe that, that brings the, uh, the Space Chess Roundtable to a near close. Um, now, Steve, did you know about Brock and I having a side bet? No. What, what is this side bet? Brock, do you want to tell him what the side bet is? Sky approached me recently <laughs> about the terrible start that the Yankees had in the first series of the season in baseball, and with him, of course, being a, an unfortunate Red Sox fan, <laughs> and me being, you know, a proud Yankees fan, he decided it would be, you know, in our best interest to make a wager on who would win the season series between the two teams. Okay. Now, keep in mind, he approaches me about this after they've already beat us twice. <laughs> so he's feeling pretty good about himself at the time. So uh, the the agreement is is that whichever team wins the season series, that team's fan, you know, Yankees, May, Red Sox, Sky, will get to name next year's fantasy baseball team. Ooh! So I, I've already yeah. I've already picked one out for Brock, Steve. Uh, okay. If in the event that he signs again with the Red Sox, uh, Brock's team will be the Ellsbury Berets. <laughs> but I may actually be too mean because Brock loves Prince too much and hates the Red Sox too much. I may not actually have have the meanness to, to yeah. do that. But uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. I just thought that might be fun. Yeah, that's that's good. It, it, it will be fun, and and you know you ought to be proud because this is the first time I've ever actually agreed to make a bet with anybody related to Yankees and Red Sox baseball because of my superstitious nature when it comes to baseball. <laughs> yeah. I usually think you're betting on my favorite team. It's usually going to doom my favorite team. Right. So uh, I, I'm taking a chance here. You, you've talked me into doing something I've never done in my entire life. So. All right. Well, I, I've actually thought of an alternate name that I don't think will offend either of us that I think is the funniest thing in the world. Uh, I thought of this the other day. Are you ready, Brock? Uh, <laughs> I, I'm sitting down. Okay. Jose Reyes. Because <laughs> all you have to do is add one E and his name is Reyes and not Reyes. <laughs> oh, that's good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Oh, wait. So o- o- only for Super Baseball and Star Wars fans. Oh, it's, that's a very niche joke, yep. Scott. It, 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 had, it had me going. <laughs> Jose Reyes. Oh, man. Uh, awesome. Uh, well, thank you guys so much for for coming on and for uh, yeah. for for bringing your your kind energy and your guiding spirit and your double entendres about the grooming habits of women in the 1970s. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just great. I'm, I'm glad I could be a service. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's actually cool. It's, it's 11:38 right now on the East Coast. So you know, it's like. Star Wars time. 
Oh. Hey, you couldn't be any better than that, right? No, it couldn't be better than that. So, uh, yeah, th- thank you guys so much. And uh, anything else you, you want to add on to the show here? Uh, it was a lot of fun. I appreciate you having me. and look forward to doing it anytime I get a chance to. All right. And Lobart, anything else you want to say? Uh, just remember that Lando repealed a lot of restrictive anti-alien immigration laws um, on Bespin when he took over as administrator. So let's let's keep that going. Okay, thanks. Uh, thanks, thanks. It's very fair, and I'm part. <laughs> wampa wampa. All right, wampa wampa, guys. See you guys. Wampa wampa. wampa. Leia and the Wookiee must never again leave this city. That was never a condition of our arrangement, nor was giving Han to this bounty hunter. I have altered the deal. Pray I don't alter it any further. This deal's getting worse all the time. Furthermore, I wish you to wear this dress and bonnet. This was never a condition of our arrangement. I have altered the deal. Pray I don't alter it any further. This deal's getting worse all the time. Here is a unicycle. You will ride it wherever you go. What? I'm not Riding the fucking unicycle. I have altered the deal. Pray I don't alter it any further. This deal is getting worse all the time. Also, you are to wear these clown shoes and refer to yourself as Mary. Oh, you man, I'm not doing it. I have altered the deal. Pray I don't alter it any further. This deal. It's very fair, and I'm happy to be a part of it. All right. Well, that was cool, huh? What'd you think, Steve? Yeah, it was, I liked it. It was great. Yeah, it was fun. Maybe a little bit less like story heavy than the last round tables, um, but I, I don't know. I think it had the the necessary energy. No, uh, I, I thought it was good. And also, like I, you know, I don't get to talk to Bart that much, so it's good to yeah have a have an excuse to talk, even if it's just me uh, me teasing him. <laughs> and so all we got left here is uh, is some feedback, and we've That's actually right. already bit. addressed most of the feedback, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Which again is not negative feedback; it's needed feedback. No, a- absolutely, it's it's constructive. So thanks again for for uh, not being afraid to to let us know. Yep. Uh, All right. Got an email from Andy, a faithful listener from the UK, and he answered a question that the molded leg Han was only released on earlier thirty-one backs. Okay. And that even later thirty-one backs were not molded. Hmm. So, I don't know. We were kind of yeah, poo-pooing that in the past. But that is kind of cool that it was only with the with the debut card. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, we got information that the SKU stands for Stock Keeping Unit. That's right. <laughs> um, which is really good. Uh, let's see here. Oh, one of my favorite commentaries... Uh, as always, uh, Jared's uh, natural gonk killers. Right, that was just priceless. <laughs> and and uh, made it, yeah. I was to say that this the the look of the natural born killers poster just uh, that's perfect. Yeah, we did it perfectly, but we had a little bit of scandal from Canada's, yeah. Canada's greatest know-it-all, Scott right. Bradley. He- this is why I'm proud to be Canadian. This season on Canada's Greatest Know-It-All. Scott! Yep, yeah, no. And he was totally right on. It's just interesting because... Uh, yeah, what, what did he say so our audience knows? Okay, so um, Scott pointed out that uh, in, in the draft of the script that he had, uh, it spelled gank killers, not gonk killers. G-A-N-K. 
Right. And uh, I thought, oh, whoa, that's weird. And so I went back and I looked at a later draft that had the type written. It was, you know, of course, the next stage after he kind of integrated all of his stuff. And he was right that the spelling changed to G-A-N-K. And so I double-checked to make sure I wasn't just seeing what I wanted to see. And to me, it still looks like he wrote the word gonk. But then when he went to type it, he just maybe changed his mind or who knows what. But... Anyway, it's it's true. It, it's a gonk killer. G A N K, not G O N K. Canada's greatest know-it-all even corrects the script master. Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, but he also he also brought up one of the best things about last month was really just solidifying the, the space chess uh, nomer for for the that segment of the show because he shows the the picture of. Uh, this is from a catalog or, or something. It might be, I can't remember where it came from, but it has a caption that's clearly Vintage Kenner that, that names the uh, the table, the space, you know, they're playing space chess. So, yep. yeah, that's, that, that, that pretty much sealed it. Yep, and uh, I, uh, Chris Jogulius uh, talked a little bit about the, the space chess. He thought we should come up with topics for particular folks to talk about. Uh, I think we will do that. I, again, I don't, yeah. th- I don't think I can do it every month. Um I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, and I think I think the more the better, but it's it's definitely a logistical thing too. We'll just play it by ear and see whose schedules work out the best. And but it's great we've been lucky to have so many people on the last few months. Um, it's it's worked out great. Yeah, but in general, it was, it was positive. Although the negatives, the main negative was the audio, um, which again, uh, thanks to Sean K for helping us figure that out, and also just to be honest, Steve, all I really had to do was just like look up one thing on the internet it's like this is how you make a podcast like all i need to do is type into google how do you make a podcast louder and i could have found out okay but you know steve hey you know what i'm a man of mystery yeah that's right i wonder why i work so hard on these things and don't do the simplest things to make it better uh that's all right we're we're moving forward yep we're moving forward and uh definitely got my my favorite one of my favorite uh, comments this is from CC4HRU, who says that I know nothing about baseball, but it's the fun interaction between you two which makes it interesting. All right, that's good to hear. For the proof <laughs> that that is, in fact, the heart of our entire show. It's just talking about a fancy baseball team. So let's take a look at the standings. Shall oh, we, man. You know, I, uh, let's, let's, let's take a look. I think I already know wherever I stand. <laughs> oh, my God, Steve. I, yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know points went that low. I didn't Did you either. Get any points for sending your name, jeez. I think this is my ultimate low point, and I—I I mean, this is going back like six years now, <laughs> which yeah. makes me love it even more. I love that I'm doing this bad. <laughs> yeah, you are doing heroically poorly. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Steve, Steve's in last place, and I'm in—I uh, don't know—fourth or fifth, something like that. Okay. But, but I've uh, got a yeah, 29. That's that's a low. It's like the stock crash, man. <laughs> yeah, 29 points. That That is very few. Awesome. Awesome. Well, cool. Well, Steve, let's uh, let's keep up this, this energy. Let, uh, please let us know. Uh, please vote on the poll uh, whether or not we should change it back to Kivecast, um, have it be called the Vintage Pod, or just always refer to it as the Star Wars Collector's Archive Podcast. That's also possible. Yep. Um, 
Yeah, and great. And next month, Steve, oh yeah, we need to decide. Are we going to continue with our skipping of the most of characters, or should we <laughs> go back and get the ones we missed? Maybe, maybe we should go back and, and get in line. Who, who would be the first one that we missed? Well, the Leia, Leia Bespin? Yeah, Leia Bespin. Okay. So we are going to go back and we're going to, I guess I know what happened, Steve. Do you What's know that? Do you know what happened? We did the 21 backs, and then me, being the 21 back fan, just assumed that Bosk had to be the first of the 31 backs. Ah. So I started with Bosk, which is why I skipped, you know, a lot of these other characters. It's all right. Yep, it is definitely all right. And next month we will be talking about Leia Bespin Gear, and it's going to be a rockin' time. That's right. So uh, for Brock uh, uh, Lobart. Uh, and for Rob. Oh, and Rob. Man, this has been a good episode, Steve. Yeah. I forgot about the whole Baseball Bounty Hunters thing. This is great. Awesome. Uh, then uh, I guess I know one second. You know, I was thinking the one last thing I wanted to say. Wampa Wampa. Adios. Adios.